Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 542 for the week of May 9th, 2020. I'm Chris Privetier here representing RP Gamer as we bring you the week's news in RPGs and um, uh, lost Switch accessories. Um, joining me today, uh, Kelly Ryan. Shady TV dealer Shady, here. Shady TV dealer. <laughs> Kelly Ryan here. Shady TVs may be your claim to fame. Let me show you these seven tricks to make <laughs> millions. Also with us today, Josh Carpenter. Howdy ho. And uh, who else is here? Jonathan Stringer. Hello. It's been a while. And Peter Thomas. It has also been a while. There's lots of a whiles. But finally, last and most definitely not least, the one who puts up with me the most day in and day out, the one who I said I love her and she has to remember that, the one who I'm legally married to and will make it a real pain if she chooses to leave me. Um, please don't leave me. <laughs> Anna Marie Privetier. I invented bubble tea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anna reinvented bubble tea. <laughs> I, I suppose that actually needs context, doesn't it? It does. A little bit. Yeah. So um as part of the weird and wacky world of quarantine every week people quote unquote discover a recipe only for it to be just a thing that exists in eurasia eurasia i don't i can't think of a better term mostly you know i i had an incident like that once that i'm rather infamous for where i i said to my husband you know there needs to be a blockbuster video but for books and he goes, you mean a library? <laughs> right. I've so never lived that down. A couple of weeks ago, everybody got excited because there was like this recipe making all the waves. And it was like, you mix, you whip together coffee and sugar and water until it makes this fluffy concoction. And then you plop that into some milk. And it's like, look, it's, it's iced coffee. And it's like, yes, that's a quite well-known recipe in like singapore and most <laughs> of southeast asia asia good job you invented something that exists and so me in my smartness i'm like infinite wonder if smartness. i can do that with tea <laughs> so i got together some matcha and some sugar and some hot water and then i put it into milk and chris is like great you invented bu- bubble tea I don't know how accurate that is, but it's it's like what you made. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's delicious, and that's all I care about. <laughs> Without the bubbles. All right, hey everybody. Hi. Hello. Everybody's been playing stuff this week. Everybody's been playing tons of stuff this week. So let's start with Jonathan, because it's been a while since you've been on. Hi, Jonathan. You always play oh stuff God, that's I, different from us. I get to start. So did I, did I put you on no, no, the That's cool. So yeah, I mean, since I haven't been on a while, maybe a little longer than a week on some of mine, but it's kind of catching me up. Um, get the few that are probably less interesting for you guys out of the way. Uh, my brother got me playing the new Modern Warfare Warzone. I don't really like, typically like Call of Duty games too much, but 
this uh, it's a free to play um battle this royale is the thing. thing that's been selling like gangbusters right Didn't well the battle royale is free yeah, the battle royale is free, but you can get it. But like the main game is, I guess, where the story is and stuff, and the uh, team deathmatch stuff. So, it's I like to sit. You know, it's kind of like my social gaming. I get with some of my friends, and we go and we drop in and do the battle royale thing. And it's, you know, kind of replace what I used to do with PUBG and and Rainbow Six Siege. Is it just me so, or did PUBG like boom and bust? It boomed and bust. Well, but Fortnite. Right. Yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite stole its milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's still got people playing it, but it's not like it was. Um, and th- that and the streamers, you know, eventually left it and moved on. So that's kind of, for a lot of that crowd, a lot of those games, they follow a little. That, uh, that's the, the death now. <laughs> and no one's streaming it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So I won't get into too much details. It's fun. Uh, see how long it keeps me interested. But right now, it's it's. Uh, but I think it's more the social. Hey, let's do a shooter game with you know my friends type thing. Somebody um, yeah, and then I'll turn my phone off, or my notifications off. Um, the other thing I've been doing tabletop simulator. So with uh, the quarantine thing going on, uh, that tabletop board game where the miniatures war skirmish game i play infinity has a module on there so a lot of us who used to play once every week or every other week or go to tournaments who can't anymore we've kind of gone on uh you know moseyed on over to tabletop simulator and i've you know been in some tournaments and some leagues and that and it's pretty cool how well that actually brings board gaming and tabletop gaming you know, into the computer and it even simulates how you're kind of like dragging and moving your pieces around. Um, it's not without its issues and games tend to take a little longer than they do in person, but that's just the game. You don't have to do the setup. You don't have to carry around miniatures. You don't have to like take all the terrain pieces and box them up afterwards. So a lot of that cleanup and the hassle that comes along with doing something like that is, is gone, but you're also losing the face to face interaction, all the, part of the hobby craft aspect of the game but as a peer just playing the game it's pretty fun and it offers some convenience benefits you know you can just pop on and play someone um that you can't get in real life so uh, i was uh i'd kind of done a little bit on tabletop simulator in the past few years but not much and i've always been kind of interested in it but i was like eh, how good is it really and it's it impressed me it's a for the most part, it's more and better than I thought it would even be. So, that's I'm, uh, I'm interested in knowing how it compares to something like uh, Roll Twenty. That I don't know. Oh, okay. I mean, like I we uh, I had one group of friends we played um, uh, Cards Against Humanity on it, and it works for that too, right? So you can do. I think it, almost almost every major board game I think has a module on there. Do you have to buy them? No. Nope, the Infinity one, it's all fan-created stuff. Oh. Yep. So you just get on the, the workshop. Well, maybe we should do, like, an RB Gamer Cards Against Humanity night. Yeah. Something I mean, like it, that. Yeah. I've done it, and it works. You just all get in the voice chat and play the game and, you know, it, flip the cards around, move them. It's like you're, it's like you're there, but virtually. It's, so it's just not like, like you're there. Yeah, it's not like a video game interface, right? It's actually a... 
It's like the cards are in your hand. You you hit F on it and flips the card over. Hey. So it's more trying to simulate or emulate what you would actually be doing instead of being like video game Cards Against Humanity, if that makes sense. Anna, you see that card? Mm-hmm. You can touch it. <laughs> <laughs> touch it with your mouse. Now, they do have virtual reality card uh, or tabletop simulator. I, haven't, I don't have a, a VR set, so I don't know how well that is, but... That you know, you get into the VR that stuff. It's like it's like you're really there with your friends. You're looking at their little avatar face. But That's um, adorable. <laughs> but instead, you're in a helmet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, well, it's it, a way for it, those it who are board gamers. Of disbelief. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So uh, the other, I played Surviving the Aftermath, which is actually an early access, and it's a, uh, I think it's the same guys that do Surviving Mars. Uh, so it's, I haven't played that game, but this is a a city builder, like a post-apocalyptic city builder game, uh, or like uh, colony survival. So you start with a few people, you start putting down, you know, places for them to live, a water source. Um, you your people kind of do their own thing, kind of like a, a Sim City or whatever. Or another God Builder type game where you just kind of you put things down and you kind of say, hey, this needs to be worked on and this doesn't. And they go about doing their thing. Oh, we have this little resource gather place. You, you put it over like a, a zone of control. You select and say gather from there. And they're auto- automatically every day they'll wake up, run out there at night. They'll come and sleep. So, you know, not as much resor- resources are coming in. They can get attacked by guys along the way. And there is like a. I forgot what they call it in the game, but it's like a hero character. You get a few of those, and you can send them out there, and you kind of can more manually control them, and they'll shoot some, like, the mutated wildlife that'll attack your settlers. Then there's also um, events, like, kind of like SimCity, where uh, disasters happen, but these are more, like, radioactive waste thing occur, like a spike occurs, or... Uh, a bomb, a uh, meteor shower, things like that happen to your, your community and you can repair. And then you eventually you open up, the you build a gate that attracts more people and there's like little uh, events that pop up like, oh, someone showed up at your gate. What are you going to do? You're going to invite them in or they, they look kind of suspicious. or So you choose different options and different events can occur. Um, it also happens in town like, oh, this person thinks they want to um, – they say know how to build this new technology for the the base, whatever it is, and you can say, okay, try it out. Then something really bad could happen, or they can, oh, you got more food and you're more efficient now at gathering this, this or that. So there's all those little risk reward stories you can choose to decide how, as the as like the mayor or whatever, how you want to to handle it. So I can I enjoy those games. Uh, it does have a game breaking problem for me and for some other people. Um, when I load my save. Like come back to it, all my people just stand still and they can't move. Yeah. And so time's going on and they're all just stuck. I'm like, what is going on? And they're like, what? Hey, you know what? It's really bad. I was playing it the the first time it happened. I probably was sitting there like ten minutes. Like, why oh, am I not wow. getting any food? Why am I not getting any water? This is like, but time's still going, right? And so my resources are being used up, and I'm not getting any new ones. And I'm like, what is going on? And I look around. I was like, all my guys are like walking in place. So it's not like they were like standing still to where it's easier to see no movement. They're actually like moving their arms and legs like they're walking. They just weren't going anywhere. 
And no. I finally realized, it's like, they're, they're just not moving. They're stuck. And uh, so maybe it wasn't 10 minutes, but I still felt like, what what is going on? But I looked it up, and it's been a problem for a while for certain people. And so it is an early access game still. So they're they're they put out new updates, new like they, they just released the Law and Order version uh, or update. Bugs are so hard to diagnose. Yeah. Yep. And it seemed that one one of the updates they said they fixed it, but then obviously mine is not fixed. So and I, and it's not like it's like a pretty rampant problem with the game I was reading. A lot of people on there were complaining about it. So. It's one of those get at your own risk. I think it could be a fun game. It's especially, uh, I think it's it's kind of a, I, I would call it a fairly easy game for that style of game. There's not a lot of, it, it seems like it's hard to fail. So um, for those who maybe, maybe a good entry into that, or even it's a kind of a good time waster. You just kind of sit back and relax and just kind of click stuff around. It's not, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of a relaxing game to play, and it just burns a little time. Uh, I, I'll come back to it. I think once it gets, you know, much a lot more content. Sometimes some of the stuff seems a little content light, to where it's one of those you play it once and the replayability. Usually, those games should be really good replayability, but it seems like it just kind of replays the same way each time. So I don't know after you've done you know, like a, a civilization or two, or a colony or two, whatever you want to call it, that you don't. You know, you probably wouldn't be coming back to it for, you know, things you may have missed or anything. You've kind of seen it all. So hopefully they flesh it out more and then fix some of those, you know, save bugs. Um, another one that I've had been following for a long time and finally got around to playing is MechWarrior 5. So I love well, people who've talked to me before. I love Battletech and MechWarrior and all that. Um, jumped on this. It really it plays a lot like... Battletech mixed with MechWarrior online. So, and I mean the Battletech by, you're like this mercenary company, you collect mechs, you go on missions, you get money and you use that money to buy more mechs and mech parts and salvage them. So, that whole outside of the gameplay stuff where you're doing your, you know, training your pilots and 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 building your mechs and customizing them and all that, that's still there. But instead of it being tactical gameplay, it's first-person mech combat action gameplay. So um, you you pick which mech you're in as the main character that you uh, move around in, and then you have up to three AI for your lance. They call it a lance of four mechs uh, that follow you around in their mechs. So um, mostly it's pretty good. Uh, I've played MechWarrior Online a lot. The combat and the way it plays is a lot similar to mech warrior online uh probably with some enhancements and it feels a little smoother so that's nice the graphics are look better than mech warrior the the physics and the sounds and all that are are pretty nice um so that part i really enjoy the customizing of the mechs is a little toned down from what you can do in mech warrior online it's a lot more simplified i can't change out the engines or or get a bunch of different hard points, or you're much more limited on what you can do, which for some people, I get it. Uh, it's well, Even me, when I first got into it, it's pretty daunting, all the stuff you can do, what it means, and all these different parts, and not even knowing what am I even doing building this mech. But once you get it down, and you know it, not having it anymore, it's kind of like, man, I kind of wish I could you know, customize this mech 
to a little more to my liking or it makes this mech you can only have this this and that on it and it's like it's not nearly as good as i could get it if i was playing my mech warrior online version that i like or something so that that that's part of it uh the other thing with the game is well it's fun a lot of the missions there's only so much variety in them so it feels like i'm doing this mission for like the 10th time now and it's really similar to this last mission and it's kind of on the same planet so they they that part gets a little repetitive but the draw is like oh i'm fighting this you know uh this heavy mech or this assault mech this battle master that i've never seen before or this mech so you maybe i can get it a salvage and you you know now I have a new mech in my inventory and there's lots of different ones so that draw is still kind of there of acquiring your your little um, inventory of mechs and stuff, but the missions get a little samey. Overall, if you, if you like those games, it it, it kind of it delivers in, in most of the ways. Uh, I would say the AI sometimes is a little annoying with your AI friends. Sometimes they're pretty good, and they wow they kill that stuff really fast. And other times they're like running around in circles and like shooting and hitting each other and shit because the other mech the enemy is like in their path. So. Sometimes the AI is good, and sometimes it's not very good. I don't even know who's ringing my doorbell. But uh, that's kind of the main four things I've been playing. been doing the work-from-home thing. And uh, so sometimes getting away from my computer after sitting at the same desk is nice. But that's it for me. All right. Um, Peter? And Kelly, you guys have kind of been playing the same games. Do you guys want to uh, put them together? Oh, uh, but I just need to know first. Do, you, do you, any of you guys need a TV? <laughs> I've got TVs for days. She's got TVs. <laughs> um, what what I've been joking about and alluding to is that an item duplication glitch has been discovered in Animal Crossing. Um, I'm not going to explain how to do it. There's YouTube videos. Do it at your own risk. But um, I've been cloning TVs and then selling the crap out of TVs. And then I sent Chris a TV and he's like, wait a minute, I can clone this too. So I have a lot of TVs. You get a TV. <laughs> you get a TV. I sent everyone on my friends list to free TV. Well, he basically started a pyramid process. Yes. <laughs> a, a TV scheme, if you will. But, uh, you know, because of this, I have a hot take on Animal Crossing now and that I think it needs a creative mode because having infinite money and being able to pretty much get my island exactly how I want it has to me has been infinitely more fun than the day to day life stuff. And I find the kind of limitations on what kind of stuff you can do, like you can only order five items a day. You can only move one thing a day. (sighs) I want Nintendo to just release a $30 DLC. Like, here's creative mode. Knock yourself out. You can have multiple islands that you can make and just let people go. And I think Animal Crossing would benefit from that. I would actually like to have a separate island um, because when they added hedges, uh, one of the Mayday things they did was a maze. And that was actually the first thing I thought of whenever hedges were released was like, wow, it'd be really cool if I had enough island space to make a maze for my friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you I actually can't have do a friend that has okay. a maze. Oh, is it? And there's prizes down various routes of it. 
did they have to sacrifice a bunch of their island to do it? Yep. It's basically yeah. their whole island. Right. Yeah. So that's the the bummer. I mean, I think it's it's such a cool premise, and it would be cool to have like a side island. Um, it doesn't even have to be nearly as big, but just enough to do things like that. If you wanted a flower garden or the maze or whatever, you could have it there. And, you know, who knows? They might do an update later on down the line that's basically like, hey, like, hey, want to buy another island? And I don't know. I mean, the with this being a kind of a new era game with DLC and stuff, the sky's the limit. I just wish that they would have thought of that stuff instead of just being one island per Switch. That's it. No more. I mean, it feels like they're setting this up as a games as a service. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, nothing precludes them from doing any of this stuff. Yeah, it just it makes me wonder how how stuck to the original Animal Crossing formula they truly are. Way too much. Yeah, like every way too Animal much. Crossing, it's always too much. <sighs> like the original, sorry. Mhm. But that being said, I finally have my island pretty much designed almost how I want it. Um, now I'm just missing certain items like uh, an electric base for my stage and, you know, just kind of this, the little tweaks to just really sell some of the illusions. And I ended up um, starting up another profile so that I could get another house to pay off so that I can build a department store in it. And I'm going to call it Neko's Bazaar after um, the Mana series. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I'm even going to put the little, uh, the icon of the cat in front of it. Nice. From Secret of Mana. Yeah, I for, I for, went, for God. (laughs) I I don't actually know what word you'd use there. Um, I skipped out on turnips this week just to focus completely on island design. Um, moving stuff around and getting things arranged. I actually have a nice little setup in front of my museum now where it's like there are two ponds um, on either side of it, and I've got these little glowing floor lights that kind of lead up to it. Um, it's, uh, I, you know, they, one of the things I'm, I'm enjoying is being able to customize the outside as well as the interiors of things um, mm-hmm. because it's just it's a lot of fun to kind of make each island your own. Um, and everywhere I go, it's like I see new ideas um, that I just want to incorporate in some way into my island. And I just don't have uh, enough room to do all the things I want to do. Have, have you watched any Five Star Island videos? No, I haven't. Um, once you get that down that rabbit hole, you're going to be like, man, my island sucks. Yeah, I'm sure. We watched people a cool are insane. video. That like he'd made his island into the to the link to the past map. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I saw one where somebody made their entire island Delfino Plaza from Mario Sunshine. Yeah, I saw a video that was someone remade the Back to Nature map. Our oh Back yeah, to Nature. it was really good. Yeah, cool. I saw that one, and I saw one uh, where they did the Link's Awakening, um, Koholint Island, um which was actually quite fitting since it was an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of them were just uh, really good. Uh, the Back to Nature one, I blew my mind. I was like, that's insane. And uh, somebody mentioned that because the house is all face frontwards, it works so perfectly because all the houses face front and Back to Nature as well. <laughs> 
Yeah, what inspired me to start up a second profile was that I watched a five-star video where somebody built a city and had multiple profiles, and each house was pretty much a store. So one of them was a complete convenience store. They had lined, like, the back wall with all of the drink machines and had, like, tires around, you know, making it out, like, to be a gas station. And then, like I said, I got the department store idea from one of their stores, and then they had a cafe with like complete with like a little outdoor patio on the back and it's like i'm just blown away by how creative people are in this game and i wish nintendo would give us the tools to make this creativity a lot easier yeah that that's something i never would have thought to do was to add another account onto my switch to create a house specifically to make a you know a store or something like that um people have gone pretty crazy with their creativity well, let me tell you starting from scratch is kind of a pain in the butt because it took me about like an hour or two to get through that initial hump to um at least get the upgrade from the tent to the house to get enough nook miles and you know you don't have your tool belt at that point so i kept pressing up on the d-pad to change my tools like oh i can't do that yet <laughs> so yeah um I think I think I've like hit the two slash three hundred mark in this game. That's pretty much all I've played this week is between this and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So, are you going to go for the platinum, Peter? I am. Yeah, um, it's actually at least you know from what I'm seeing so far, it seems pretty easy to get. Um, I think I, (laughs) I think I factored, I factored in, oh, well, so I, when I say easy, I just mean, uh, as far as like how much repetitiveness you have to do. Um, so I think I factored in, it would be like two and a half playthroughs, which isn't bad for a platinum. Um, there are some games that, I mean, they really stretch it out for you. So are there missable um, trophies? No, you can get all of them. Yeah, not really. Um, there's, uh, you know, it's missable if in the first playthrough where you can't go backwards at certain points. But um, they there's some things at when you beat it that make that easier for you. Um, has Chris started playing? Not yet. Okay, we'll, um, we'll talk about that in him and I's not playing. Um, yeah. You just have to, like, for the dress trophy, you just have to plan out your route really carefully because um, you have to play Chapter 3 at least two more times to change Tifa's dress, and then you have to play Chapter 8 two more times to um, get uh, Aerith's dress. And then Cloud's dress is dependent on whose route you took, so you're going to have to do the opposite route anyway to get the um, side job achievement. And then the third time around, you can just skip the side quest completely to get his last dress. And the nice thing is that as soon as that dress shows up on screen, if you check your um, play progress, you'll have gotten it. So like that first chapter, Tifa's dress shows up immediately, so it counts. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm, I guess, sad about is that I'm I'm fully invested in this now, so I'm still not actually finished. Uh, I kind of slowed down on my progress for Animal Crossing and and Trials, uh, which I'll get into in a bit. But um, I actually think I might go back to the original now and 
playthrough because I'm anxious to know what's going to happen. And I don't feel like waiting for the next part of the remake to come out, um, which is saying a lot because, you know, I, I'm fully against playing the original game. Um, I don't like it. I'm, I'm not a fan. But now that I'm in it and I kind of see where the story is going, I'm just I'm really invested and I don't think I can wait. I'm, now, to be clear, you know that the story is different. Oh, I'm sorry. You broke up. What you know happened? that the stories are different, right? Yeah. the the um, There's more in Remake, but I think the premise is all the same, is it not? Uh, I, we'll have to have a talk after you finish the game. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because uh, so far, you know, I the first game... Uh, the remake uh, is it stops right around the time I stop in the OG. And Mm -hmm. I mean, again, outside of some extra details and a few other, I guess, um, auxiliary stories that are, I guess, pulling it all together and things that were missing out of the, the OG game. um, It, it all feels like stuff I know uh, or have seen. So I, I guess I just, I don't know where this deviates in the last couple of chapters that, make it different but um, you should play the last couple of chapters yeah yeah i'm i'm working on it (laughs) i mean i could probably do an analysis video of how things play out and how clever a lot of it is um even though it does deviate but i can't really talk about that kind of stuff so let's let's talk about hard mode for a second because it took me how hard is hard mode now kelly remember this is a family-friendly podcast. Well, so I'm, I'm playing through hard mode, and you know, I've been trying to like kill multiple birds with multiple Platinum. stones by oh. doing, uh, like trying to pile up certain achievements. Like if you want all the dresses, you have to play through chapter nine multiple times. So it's like, okay, one of these times I'll do hard mode, and um, Hell House on hard took me about like two hours to beat, just co- constantly throwing my, I mean, not really throwing myself against the wall, but just trying, trying out different strategies and some, some work and some don't. I mean, it's and a it's house. Like, it okay. has four walls. So yeah, you're kind of supposed to so, throw yourself. So it's like, okay, I've officially dubbed, um, Hell House, the hardest boss in the game. Because at this point, you know, I'd, I'd beat the optional boss, which was supposed to be the hardest boss in the game. But that was uneasy. And then the final boss that I can't, well, I'm sure you all know who it is, but for the sake of spoilers, I won't say. But the final boss is like, Hell House, hold my beer. <laughs> okay. Hell House, hold my beer. <laughs> because, my God, that final boss is so hard. And. I think that the people on YouTube that have no hit runs on this have either sold their souls to the devil or have some like ridiculous Dark Souls esque skills that I just have not mastered yet because you have to know how to parry and dodge and counter strike and it's dependent. Well, I mean, you can beat it with all any of the combination of characters, but ideally you want to have Eris and Tifa because Eris is the better healer and she has the better mana pool because you can't use items to revive your mana in hard mode. And 
and the it, who you get and the final final bosses depend on how much you use them and the phases of the boss before that and Aerith doesn't show up until the very end on that so you either have to cripple yourself not using Barrett or um, I don't know I haven't really tried min-maxing that yet but I haven't beaten final boss I'm going to take a break from the game because I noticed that I, I like spent all night Wednesday night trying to beat it and just got nowhere. I would get so close and then just die because Tifa would run, run out of mana so I couldn't heal. And by the end time I went to bed, it's like my hands were shaking and they were cramped up because I was so tense trying to get through this fight. And it's like, okay, I need to step away from this game for like a month. You should because not I'm get- care about Say platinum what? trophies is my recommendation. But I... I- my issue is well, this not is my what issue. they do to you. No, the thing is that, and the reason why I was wanting to platinum the game is because I was having so much fun with it that I didn't want it to end. And that's usually when I start going for. Um, well, how do you feel now? I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's oh. the that's the thing I've always had with wanting to platinum games. It's like I love this game so much. And I'm having so much fun. And, you know, if the trophies are planned worth a crap, then they encourage you to complete things. And that's what I want to do. And now I feel like I'm kind of done with the game for the time being. Um, I might go back to it a little later, like if I get bored or if I get lull, uh, lull in gaming. But uh, I love this game. It, um, something's going to have to impress the hell out of me before I will knock it from my game of the year spot and that's saying a lot. So so yeah, I, I think I'm done for with Final Fantasy seven for a while and I would love to do a spoiler cast about it, but I don't know. Technically our spoiler cast is backtracked two years later, so <laughs> Yeah, I haven't uh I've been meaning or wanting to replay the game. I haven't played it <clears throat> since like the late nineties and kind of forgotten what the story and all that is for the most part but See, i always surprised never you were able to figure to it out it. to begin with <laughs> yeah i never See, went back to play because the the summons you couldn't skip them and i was like nope can't do that that's too annoying oh i've heard about the uh knights of the round yes Whoa. go make a sandwich come back still it's not still done. worse than eight eden or oh, whatever you can or... skip them in eight no you couldn't because yeah. you had the boost mechanic to give you something to do during the long animations. So I um see I don't know if the remake is going to be or forgetting the story of the remake is going to be a boon or a blessing to you because you could probably be in for some prize, some surprises but I think I think they also expect you to know certain things. Oh, I mean, I, I kind of know things, and I get to yeah. remember the general premise. It's just, I, I remember going up and down all those stairs, and I remember That's a lot there. of the mommy issue stuff. Did you guys take the stairs? I did the I watched my husband take the stairs, and it's like, I am not doing that. I am taking the elevator. The, the banter when they take the stairs is pretty hilarious. But Oh, I did the stairs. I actually love that they slow your character down. Yeah. <laughs> like, so by the like fortieth or fiftieth floor, he's just like huffing and puffing. It was you good. Know, it was a nice touch. 
I had to contend with a lot of stairs when we went to Japan, and that whole sequence just gave me an asthma attack all over again. <laughs> No, that's pretty much it for me. I'll have started something new this week. I my my birthday is Monday, or we're going to celebrate my birthday tonight at my parents. So maybe Happy somebody birthday. got me. Maybe somebody Happy got me a video birthday. game. My, I mainly want to know what this huge perler bead project that my husband has locked himself in in his office for an entire week is, and had to buy like a two foot poster board to. Uh, mount on so I don't know what he built I am not uh, see I thought, I thought you was going to bring that to mom's house tonight but whatever we'll deal with it later I don't know what he built I'm I'm curious I'm curious where I'm going to put it I have my suspicions but he's being coy about it so I, I will post it on Twitter and let you guys know but... maybe it's a homemade Plinko board and you could play Plinko what? That would just amuse the cats. Hmm. Ooh, cat plinko. Ooh, that's a good idea. I, I'm about to get her anything to keep her from destroying my stuff because, my God, she dumped over a cup of coffee the other day. Not, not on a laptop, thankfully. Oh, she could take some lessons from Chris. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't keep my coffee cup cups near my electronics and I had actually moved it out of the way so that she wouldn't hit my keyboard and then she ended up dumping it anyway, but at least it was like on the chair mat. <laughs> All right. Uh Josh, what have you been playing? Yeah. Oh, not too much. Um I got a little bit farther in Chimera Squad. Um, I got my snake lady, uh, leveled up. She's Yay. really awesome. <laughs> okay. So this is my next game to play. What, what, what's, I bought it already and I want to play it, but I wanted to kind of knock out <gasps> mech warriors. Cause it was like crazy cheap. <laughs> yeah, that too. But I mean, I always buy all the XCOM games like that. that yeah, really exactly. I, I, like I've been enjoying it. It is, it is quite different than like XCOM one and two. It's much more, it's much smaller scale encounters. But that means that, like, you can just get through them in, like, more like 15, 20 minutes instead of being more like 45 minutes to an hour. So they, they, they broke it up into either, like, you have these encounters where it's just, like, a single room and you have to, like, kill everyone or you have to extract a person from it, from out of the room and get them out safely. Or they have, like, bigger encounters as you move along in the story where you'll have to go through, like, multiple rooms one after another. And, like, as you keep going along in the game, like, just like the re regular XCOM, your characters get, you, you know, your characters level up, and then you get kind of choices on how you want to uh, level them up. So you get, it's essentially like perks, so you'll get the choice between, like, do I want, like, the Snake Lady has this ability to, um, she can shoot her tongue pretty much most of the way across a map, grab a grab either a friendly character or an enemy character and like pull them over next to her. And then she has the ability, uh, if it's an enemy, you can like wrap yourself around them and squeeze the person and do a bunch of damage. So you have like one of the early uh, perks for her. One of the options once you level her up is like dramatically increase the uh, difficulty. 
and or the, dramatically increase the amount of damage that she does with with that. So like when you start out the game, it only does like a like two bars of damage. So you pretty much won't kill anyone with that. But you can like the, part of the point of that is like you like disable one of the enemies so that that enemy won't be able to do their turn. But you can then level it up once she gets leveled up and then you can pretty much kill kill enemies like left and right because they'll do like five or six damage in one go with it and <laughs> it's just awesome to like pull these enemies all the way across the map over there and then just squeeze them to death with your snake lady <laughs> vaughn wants to know if they she shouts get over here when that shoots out uh probably staying away from the copyright infringement no, oh, no. darn <laughs> can, can you copyright get over here I, get over I here they probably cry <laughs> So with the characters being like this, is it feeling more like a uh, an RPG <sighs> than a tactical simulation type game? It, I mean, it has a little bit. It has more flavor text than you know, like XCOM didn't have much. It just had the kind of skeleton story, and of course, the characters were completely uh you know you know faceless because they had to be because the idea was that they were going to die the the characters all have their own little their own little uh ticks and quirks and uh, there's a little bit there you shouldn't go in expecting like a real deep fleshed out rpg it's still pretty light but there's just there's enough to kind of like make you warm up to the characters because they all have their own little personality quirks that's in at, at least entertaining kind of keeps you going along okay it, it, it's it's been fun so far like i i still can't get over that they only charged 20 bucks and then they had that pre pre-order uh deal for 10 bucks it just seems insanely cheap for what you get <laughs> yeah and it kind of came out of nowhere too it felt like like i didn't yeah they think about it no, they just they announced it and then released it in like two weeks or something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't remember hearing anything about them doing this, and they just you know announced it like here it is, it's coming out. Yeah, I'm like uh, XCOM game. What is this? Yeah, no kidding. You would think there'd be a little bit more lead up to it, but I mean, so far it's been very solid. I, I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, de- definitely worth the money if you're looking for another uh, strategy strategy game but maybe uh, like you like you were pointing out like a little bit more towards the strategy rpg side than the straight strategy game with rpg elements that maybe xcom is but uh the other thing about the only other thing i've been playing is i i finally god it's been forever now uh finally finished off trails of cold steel 3 yeah, when you did that last night and you got really quiet and it was like, oh my gosh, cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you've played, I know you and Anna have played a bunch of Trails games. Those games, like, kind of love to do those, like, twists and turns as you go along. You'll get to, you know, you get to big plot points and they'll have big twists. And this one kind of, like, the last couple of chapters of this game, like, turns up the twists and turns to 11 and like i am i'm real curious to see what they do in four like to see if they kind of follow through on all these crazy twists and turns that they had or they try and like backtrack a little bit on some of them um but yeah 
the the ending. So I was playing it, and you fight this boss, and it's like a multi-stage boss, kind of like as you would expect if you're playing like uh, the Cold Steel games, where you're like, okay, we play, we fight the boss, you beat it, then you have to fight it as like you know the with the mechs as Valimar, and then you beat that, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I expect. And then you keep, you know, there's story, of course, lots of stories after that. And then, like, we get up to this point, and I'm like, oh, okay, so this is going to be the real boss battle, right? Like, uh, you know, like I'm following along with the story, and I'm like, okay, so this is going to be the real last boss battle. And then the game just like, nope, fade to black, roll credits. And I'm like, what on earth? (laughs) I was like, darn you, Falcom! (laughs) Because I swear, it just, it just, the way it ended, I was, they, they got me. I certainly was not <laughs> expecting that. It was just like, wow, I could not believe they ended it right there and just went to credits and like, yep, you're going to have to wait till, you, you know, till uh, Cold Steel 4 to see what the heck happens. <laughs> so was it satisfying or was it like the season yeah. finale of a show? It's like a season finale of oh the show. It totally knows they're going to, you know, like you're coming back. We're doing a fourth one. I mean, they, they after the credits roll, they basically are kind of like teasing Cold Steel 4. It's like, yeah, this isn't over. We're coming back. You're, <laughs> a, a we're definite, going to finish this off. A definite who shot JR slash Monty Burns moment. Well, yeah, but at least that wasn't the end. You know, they're coming it's, back. For <laughs> it's firing on Locutus. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, you don't have to wait too long this time since it's just later this year. You don't have to wait like multiple years like I did with Cold Steel or not Cold Steel, um, oh. uh, Trails in the Sky and first chapter and second chapter. Where... See, that that cliffhanger that I heard about actually kept me from playing first chapter because I didn't think we was going to get second chapter. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, that was the concern. Like, are, are we ever going to get to actually see what the hell happens with this cliffhanger? <laughs> At least this one, there's no no worries about that. It it was something though. Like it, it definitely got me. It was not anything that I was expecting to see. Satisfying well, in that in that uh, uh, in that sense. Like it certainly defied my expectations for for where they were going to go with this game. But well, yeah, like it, it it's definitely one of those where like I kind of just want to go ahead and play it. <laughs> Well, I look forward to uh, being surprised by that cliffhanger in June when the Switch version comes out and then having to wait another year for the Switch version to come out because <laughs> I'm I am waiting for convenience. <laughs> it's probably a good idea. I think it took me like 122 hours to beat it. It it was lengthy. I think that's the long by far the longest playthrough time I've ever had for a Trails game. It was uh, substantial. <laughs> so cannot, I'm kind of gonna. Oh. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm I'm kind of gonna use that to lead into what I've been playing. Go for it. Because here's the dilemma that I have. I would much prefer to play three and four on the Switch. Yeah. But if I play three soonish, I can then jump into four when it comes mm-hmm. out on the PS4. If I wait, then I will play it very quickly on the Switch and then have to wait a bunch of time. Yeah. So I don't know which way to go. Yeah, that's going to be tough. 
I say whatever way is is best for you. Yeah. So you decided to just play a lot of other PS4 games. Right. And so the reason that this came up in the first is I decided after Persona 4, I'm like, I want to play some of my backlog on PS4 because I have some games. I've played them. I should get around to that. So I pulled out Catherine Full Body. (laughs) That game is so fun. That game is so ridiculous. Um, I missed the Rin route by one answer. Oops. So I had to go with the original story. Um, and I can't remember the ending I got last time. I think I got like a you got, um, C. Catherine with a C, not quite perfect. Yeah. So I think I got the Catherine with a C, great ending. So there's like good ending, great ending, perfect ending, or full ending, or whatever you want to call it. So were you so, playing yeah. this straight, or were you using a guide? No, I was playing straight. That's why I missed. Okay. Yeah. After we passed the point of no return, Chris looked it up and he's like, yep, you messed up an answer on Dave's dicks. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's fine. Um, that story is weird. Even if you don't go down her storyline, it's it's weird. It's weird. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that's a thing. Um, this time I ended up with the great Catherine with a K ending. I kind of recommend you should do Grin because, like, like, if you don't go right for Rin, she just pieces out of the story. And it's kind of like, true. well, why am I playing the new version if the new character is just like, peace, I'm out of here. Well, <laughs> there's a few reasons. Number one, there's something like 50 new anime cutscenes. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There is a ton of new ones. Um, two, there weren't three endings for each girl in the original. I think there was only two of each for each. So they've increased the number of potential endings, even if you do the original story. Um, three, there's remix mode. And so in remix mode, they change the type of blocks that you can do. Because in the original, all the blocks are one by one. And if you do remix, you get blocks that are bigger than that. And so it requires different strategy to move them around. Number three, even if you're doing the original story in full body, you can rotate the camera to be behind the stage. And that's a game changer. No pun intended. Because it just changes the way you can move around stages. And that's cool. Yep. So... Catherine Fullbody. I think I will play it again. I think I will guide it out to get the written ending, but I think it'll be later this year. And then I was yeah, like, take all a right. Break. Some guy sent me this little crummy game. So I guess <laughs> I should play it. Why, why would someone do that? I don't know. I just think they don't like me. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so I don't know what ending I got. Um, I was just looking up the achievement that I picked up. Um... And it says I've got the true lover ending. And I see a picture of uh, the main character whose name I can't remember. Vincent. Um, Vincent, thank you. And um, Catherine with a C. So I don't oh, know. You became the rule is. of the underworld. Yeah, I think that was that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was in. 
you know, I, I was excited when you said you were playing this because I really enjoyed this. Um, did you feel like at some parts of the game at all, I, this is kind of what happened to me, was that um, the puzzles almost uh, hindered your uh, your ability to kind of just see what's going on? Like, I almost wish this was an interactive novel um, because uh, I was so yes. invested in the story that I didn't yes. care anymore about the gameplay. I was just like, I don't, I don't right. want to play anymore. I just want to watch and make decisions and see how this actually pans out. And that's exactly how I felt when I came to play full body. So I played on safety. Safety is a mode where um, the bottom of the stage never falls out on you. All of the traps are disabled and the puzzle stages have been simplified. Oh, that's really nice. So you nice. just play them. It's easy. I might actually do that whenever I bust out full body then. Yeah, it was great. And you can play safety with or without remix. Is it a separate set of trophies or did it carry over nope. from your PS3? Um, No, I'm pretty sure it's a separate set of trophies. Gotcha. Okay. So I'm not a trophy hunter, so... You should maybe look up like PSN trophies or something like that. Chris just screamed, the hell you are from the other room. Every fucking moment. Do you know every time a trophy pops up, she's like, ooh, I need to get a screenshot of that, post it on Twitter. And then she's like, ooh, I'm close to this other one. I better go get that trophy. Like, Hannah, why are you doing this thing? All these bad endings in 428. This all this is garbage. It's wasting your time. I want that trophy. <laughs> No, I don't want the trophy. I enjoy getting the trophy. But the reason that I like getting all the bad endings in Shibuya Scramble 428, 428 Shibuya Scramble, is because it gives another sort of piece of insight into all the characters. And it's interesting because you get to see events from multiple different perspectives, even when those events are so bad. So, um, for example, yeah, I've been playing Shibuya Scramble, 428 Shibuya Scramble, um, which is in the game that someone who hates me sent me. Um, and I totally lost my train of thought. Right. So in one of the chapters, there is a point where I can go and taste an energy drink. And if I choose to go there and drink it, there are terrible ramifications for it. And those <laughs> ramifications are not only seen from the character's perspective who drinks it, but from an alternative character's perspective who is just in the area and experiences their side effect from another perspective. So I love that. Everything in that game like ties together. You, you do, because it's split, was it five different timelines? Yes, if I recall. Yeah, so everything, so, so you're playing through like an hour at a time and through five different characters' eyes and you're making choices and every single time the choices that one person is making is affecting things that are happening in the other timelines. So everything kind of ties together in a really interesting way. It's fun to kind of figure out like, okay, which things are affecting which other things as you go and along. The, the game has a great hint system. So once you yeah. get a bad ending... You don't have to, but you can choose to get a hint. And the hint will be things like, 
it's too bad that the cab was slowed down by that guy who wanted to take it. Maybe if he chose to make a different decision, that slowdown wouldn't happen. So then you go over to the other timeline, and it's like the detective has a choice between going to the cafe or staying on the job. If you stay on the job, he doesn't fly down the taxi. So the taxi gets to its location on time. Right. What, and then what what, oh, sorry, what do you think of the look of the what do you think of the look of the game because it's quite different oh, from other so visual cool. novels. It is like a visual novel in the true sense of a visual novel. Mm-hmm. It, it's all based on the visuals. And it's all like stop or like stop gap photography. So like there's a guy who bows a whole bunch. And yeah. You see him at the top of his bow and the bottom of his bow, but you don't actually see him doing the bow. It's really well done. Mr. Also, Bow. the characters are like, well, ridiculous. There's the, the, someone who's caught some in a really costume. Good, it's kind of weird to talk about acting when it's all photographs, but they did. The actors they got are so good at like being really expressive and kind of getting well, there's their a characterization lot of across. Action shots, you know. Yeah. So they have to be expressive. They just don't have to talk good. No. <laughs> My boss in the costume route is Yanagashida. <laughs> I love Yanagashida. He's one He's of he was my favorite. He's a huge pro. Yeah. And he is always has like a get rich quick scheme. <laughs> at the moment, I'm chasing down Amagachis. It's like Tamagotchi, but you raise an eel. And then slaughter it. It's so. T- it's the worst. <laughs> you raise an eel and then you kill it and eat it. It's so bad. <laughs> right. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Did you explain people what this game is? Yes. Okay. As long as they know. So, you missed a game because I distracted you. Yes. There's so, a terrible game you played, and you need to tell people about this terrible game. Like Josh played, has already talked about it. I played Soccer Wars. It's not a good game! <laughs> but it's fun! Ugh. Koi Koi is fun. <laughs> koi Koi! Koi Koi is fun. It's like, oh, the, the solitaire game they added in as a side thing. That's fun. The rest of it... So, this is not an RPG. No. There's nothing RPG about it. This is a visual novel with occasional breaks into the action of of an action platformer. Yeah. And so if you go into this expecting an RPG, you are going to be incredibly disappointed. But there are people that I think would get some enjoyment out of this. Um, If you've never played a visual novel... This is a really good place to start because you can't really do anything that will dead end you. You can only make girls mad and then your relationship doesn't progress with them. But that won't permanently adversely affect the story. Um, There's a couple of girls where I just don't think you can get the bad. You you can't not progress with them. (laughs) Right. And the action sequences are very accessible. 
Yeah. Like, I just kind of button ashed. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said in my review, pretty much so long as you save the uh, the, the special move for the boss at the end of the each of those <laughs> stages, like, it's just like an auto win yeah. button, essentially. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um. So, yeah, I had fun. Chris, or, sorry, Josh and I had a really interesting discussion this week about whether you can use anime as a verb. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Well, this game is anime as hell. Mm-hmm. That's can an adjective. A... Yeah, sorry. Can you use anime as an adjective instead of a noun? Yeah. Can you use anime as a descriptor as opposed to a noun? Oh, I think you could use it as a verb. I just wanted you to do it in sentence. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I concur with this. Um, I play lots of anime-ass anime games. Well, this is the most anime-ass anime game. This is an anime-as-hell game. Yeah. <laughs> they do sure not I've make more anime game games that is more than, anime as hell as this. Yeah. Um, there are also things called good anime. This is not one of them. I would recommend <laughs> playing something that's a good anime, but not this. Not like this. It's 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 a bad anime. <laughs> if it was a good anime, it'd be different. But it's not. It's a bad anime. It's a bad game. No. I had fun with it. You have. F- it is not good, but I had fun with it. And I think <laughs> and there's an important distinction between the two of those things. Three out of five. Maybe, maybe a little lower. <laughs> like I said, I'm not saying it's a good game. I'm saying I liked it. I'm saying I had fun with it. I'm saying I beat everybody in Koi Koi Wars. So you're saying you like garbage? Sometimes. Uh, I mean, it's, you can't deny it. I like anime it's, garbage. It's okay to like a mediocre game, but admit that it is a mediocre game. That's pretty much the premise for every Disgaea after two. Like, I, I, I mean, coming up with a score for this game was kind of hard because, like, I really enjoyed my time with it. Like, I was I had a smile on my face through almost the entire thing. It was a lot of fun. But like, is it good? I mean, you know, like, I don't know how many games have have kept kept a smile on my face as much as that one did. Like, well, not very many. But at the same time, like, technically, uh, you know, like the especially the combat sections are just, you know, like they're they're not terrible but they're not great either and i mean it's just kind of a weird there, there, there's not other any other games that are quite as um odd in terms of the uh inter- interactions that you have between the main character and then the all the other characters it's much more intimate than most other like you said it's more like a visual novel than a than, than you would think of as an rpg well and it's hard because it's not a good game but it's also not a bad game. You like garbage. <laughs> Carrying on. That's possible. It's I okay to like Dragon Quest of the Stars. So I'm still playing that. You're and currently I... in the middle of 428 still, just to be clear. Yes. Yeah. I'm at the 12 to 1 p.m. period. I don't know how far that is, but I'm sure it'll be done by today or tomorrow. I finished the first two time periods. So it was 10 to 11, 11 to 12. And then I'm working on twelve to one. You still got a good ways to go. That that's actually a fairly lengthy 
lengthy game. I think it goes yeah. to like six or seven o'clock, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because the the newspaper needs to be done by eight p.m. Yeah, yeah. So oh, I'm okay. guessing so, the yeah, seven to eight, to eight is the final period. I think that's right. Yeah. I thought the newspaper needed to be done by four a.m. No, the newspaper needs to be half done. Half done by four p.m. So mm. that the quote unquote investors don't scalp the guy who owns the paper. Got it. By the way, that's terrifying. Walking in on that guy in the bad ending. Oh yeah. <laughs> they um they are not afraid to tackle things. Things. Ser- yeah. Serious issues. Severin says yeah. you're not finishing that today. Right, so I hit level forty one in Dragon Quest of the Stars. Um <laughs> actually just ding <laughs> i'm really enjoying that game i feel like they've got a good handle on the pacing of the main story and there's always an event for me to do and there's alternative things for me to do um so i am a level 81 superstar who has a level one level 99 dancer subclass so i i don't know if i've talked about this a ton but dragon quest of the stars what they do is you have your basic classes like warrior mage priest dancer sailor martial artist and i'm missing one i don't a ranger once you get to level 50 in two of those classes and there's requirements for each of them you can then promote yourself into an advanced class um, but if you continue leveling up your basic classes, you unlock more and more bonuses for your advanced class. So, for example, my main character is a superstar, which required level 50 ranger and level 50 dancer. But because I continue to level up my dancer up to level 99, I've unlocked like 12 bonuses for my superstar. And she's basically my most powerful character. So, yay. And that's fun. And I think that's everything that I've been playing. Do you, do you want to talk about Magic the Gathering, Chris? I played more Animal Crossing this week. I also found a lot of TVs like Kelly. Um, so nothing interesting there. I did bust onto my PC a little bit. Um, most of my time has been doing work, right? So when, especially when I'm working from home, I get caught up in a project and I just want to keep working on it. But mm-hmm. when I do make myself do some gaming, hey, I don't think it's a bad thing. It has an end. Um when I do get into some gaming, what I've been doing is um, stuff that I can do while you're playing like big games on the PS4. So that's mostly Animal Crossing. Um, but I did try to tear myself away from your visual novel, this 428 stuff, because it's honestly too engrossing. <laughs> I felt like I want to do things too. I don't just want to do what Anna's doing. Um, <laughs> so i uh been uh, hitting up the Steam and the uh, Epic Game Store trying to find things to do that I been planning on playing like remember i'd been playing divinity original sin 2 and um some other stuff and i just didn't i i just i keep bouncing off those things so uh i i got struck by the desire to play card games so the first thing you did was help me try out your uh solitaire game ancient enemy or whatever it's called did you like that uh it's fine yeah um it's a little like, if you screw up the solitaire and it's not your fault, you're kind of screwed for the whole chapter. But other than that... Yep. Yeah. That's true. Because I'm playing on normal. Um, yeah, but I, I do like it. Um, but I, I find I only play a chapter at a time. And then it's like, okay, let's put that away for a bit. So then I was looking for other card things. Um, 
And uh, yeah, Magic the Gathering Arena kept coming to my head like, well, if I want a card game, there's a card game. And it's supposed to be quite good. And I haven't tried it lately, so let's give it a go. And I did. And um, it is quite good. And it's a lot faster than I remember from the beta. So it's just Magic the Gathering. You're just playing it online, but it's not like the dual system. It's like the full game, like the full cards and packs and all that stuff. So it's not just... Uh, buy a $20 thing and gradually unlock all the cards. It's more of a, hey, this is like Hearthstone. Here's some starter decks. Good luck. Uh, here's where you spend money if you want. So I've been doing the uh, single-player tutorial stuff in that, which is a color challenge, and that's been really good. Uh, I'm liking those decks. They're very puzzly, very uh, flex your brain muscles and figure out the right way to play with the cards, do all the fix some of my old bad habits from Magic the Gathering and how I play poorly, um, and I've been enjoying that. Now, I'm four-fifths of the way through that and once i'm done with it will i keep playing arena Eh, probably not because i don't want to spend a bazillion dollars on cards but in the meantime this is good and um if we could just figure out a way to have these digital cards have some sort of sense of progression that isn't just fork over cash um i don't know what it is about digital card games like we thought this was like i well i thought Way back when. Like, I used to play Magic for real, and the reason I stopped playing is I never had anybody to play with. So when I saw digital games were getting into this space, like Hearthstone was being talked about, um, uh, Hex was being kickstarted, and I kickstarted that, um, I thought, like, this is going to be the future. I will have no trouble spending a reasonable amount of money on this. I'll enjoy getting rare cards, and it's going to be great. Well, turns out digital card games, because they're digital and everybody streams and everyone shares all their gaming experience with everyone else... Um, the way that the the community around these things builds up is such that it's all around top tier decks and stuff like that, and and you have what's called the meta game or the current meta, which is like everyone knows that decks of this type are successful, so everyone's playing decks that either are this type or counter this type, um, and it, it turns into this thing like where everyone's copying everyone else or responding in every, to everyone else. Um, no one's just kind of playing with a collection; everyone's trying to mimic something someone else has which means you need um you need cards that are on these lists of decks that people are creating or recommending or the hard counters for it and it just turns into this collection of decks and then once you have it you either enjoy playing the deck or you hate playing that deck and it's like well great now i have this deck that i can play with but i don't want to play the game anymore so it's just I feel like we're missing the mark somehow with digital card games uh, just because the nature of the community around them is different. And I don't understand what to do about it. Um, I did see a game being kickstarted recently that was trying to um, have their monetization not be cards. So it was going to be free-to-play card game online like a Hearthstone or something, but you don't buy packs. You just get all the cards. And you buy like skins and and stuff like that and, and alternate art and stuff which I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, what were you going to say, Peter? I was just going to say, don't we call that min-maxing? I mean, it's I don't think it's inherent to just these card games. I think you just feel it harder because you're playing online with other people, but I don't know that it's any different than somebody who looks up a tutorial on, you know, who's what is the best equipment for X character or build path for Path of Exile or something like that. Yeah, but I think it's a little different because you are playing against other humans instead of, like, an AI opponent that has, like, here's a puzzle. Can you figure out the right ways to deal with them? Where with other people, it's like, no, there's 
they're following the current strategy and they have unlimited resources, do you have unlimited resources to make proper counters and are you good enough to use those or not? And it's 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 a different feeling to me. To me, this comes into anything that gets competitive like that. Just like in Paper right. Magic, right? You get your net decking in there. Or you get the guys that just want to play casual kitchen counter magic, right? Yeah. So it's going to be all what you're playing it for, who you're playing with and against. But Yeah, but you know. there there you have the physical presence factor going on. And you have like, you, you are engaged in a social situation with another human being. You've got the smell of the cards. You've got the, the hall or the table place that you're playing. I don't. I feel like it's very different, and the exposure of your deck isn't like the same as as like a. I don't know. It's, it feels different. I'm like if I had a casual Hearthstone league where everybody like didn't play the current meta or something, maybe that'd be different. But I don't. <laughs> I think that's why Hearthstone does what they do, which is they have those different modes for people who own all these cards and kind of can just play, you know, however they want. And then they have one that's like based on the season, you know, that they're running. Uh, so whatever decks are current at the time uh, to try and break that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, uh, Jonathan's got it right. It, it's kind of inherent with this style of game. You know, I, I experienced it a lot in whenever I was a big League of Legends player. Um, you know, it's like you want to play the characters that you like and enjoy and have fun with, but then everybody blast you because you're not playing the the current meta and you're not doing you know what's best for the patch at the time and things like that so yeah and mmos and such get like that too with builds and yep yep race cho- choices and all that yeah all right yep mmos sorry you're have it too yeah yeah i was gonna say sorry you're having a negative experience but you know it's it kind of well, i'm enjoying i'm not playing against people so i'm enjoying what i'm playing right now i'm just I'm I can say, Chris, next Discord party, I need to get on there and challenge you to a fight because I have yet to play like a. I mean, I've played human beings before, right. but I have yet to play like an actual friend. So, two, so okay, Kelly, the current mm-hmm. card set has cats in it. And yeah, you can make I a know. whole kitty deck if you wanted to. In fact, no, I, I've seen I, them. <laughs> I'm aware because I have my current Cat Storm deck, which is a uh, re- sort of replica of what I could do in um, Arena without having to like actually spend money. Mm. But like uh, in real life, I actually have a deck that I call Cat Storm that oh. I put together based off of. I mean, it's like all cats, and the idea is that it spawns just cats and gets attack bonuses because of cats cats. yeah so it's like this is the deck that was made for me Mm. um tested it against my husband i won but to be fair he kind of had like a bad um really bad rng so i think i just won by technicality but i I need i want to test it on somebody else and my favorite thing about magic arena is that when you buy a pre-constructed deck, like in real life, you get a code to unlock it in Arena. Yes, that is neat. Um, the problem is I have no use for real life cards. So, but then I have this feeling of okay. So here's a question: If you buy packs in real life, do you get code for packs in the game or not? I'm not sure. I don't think so. Um, so I like haven't Pokemon. I haven't really looked into it, but but I like that though because then I buy a deck because I mostly play my husband and I really want to go to a game store and play other people, but I'm kind of scared too. But I like being able to test the deck out digitally. Mm-hmm. 
That is just so fun to me. Mm-hmm. If it's Pokemon, I wouldn't be. It's mostly kids that play Pokemon at stores. You'll have occasional adults, so it probably wouldn't be as intimidating playing. No, I, yeah, the Pokemon kids. thing was about how they do their uh, their. When you buy Pokemon packs, you get a card with a uh, code yeah, yeah. for a pack in the game. In the well, I'm talking about how she too. said she's scared to go play in person. But okay. Wow. I don't think it's. Uh, I wouldn't be as. Then, like, Magic is a much older player base. Mm hmm. So I could see a lot of people being a bit intimidated going into that the first time. Well, there's but, not really a place to go right now. Um, well, yeah, no. <laughs> Arena is the best place. <laughs> yep. Uh, in the chat, a lot of card shops oh, are kind of pissed off about Arena, to be honest. <laughs> At first, it seemed to pull more people in a little bit, but then they're yeah, like, it's, oh, yeah, it's just so not. much more convenient to play Arena. And supposedly a lot of the, even before the quarantine stuff, the, yeah, the numbers of card shops yeah. were, were down some. And Magic's their cash crop, so that affects I, all the. That amazes me, by the way, players. that Magic is still the big thing for card shop or for game oh, yeah. shops. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh popped up for a bit. Pokemon popped up for a bit. It's still hanging on, but you know, for I think at its peak, Pokemon surpassed Magic for a little bit, but it, it just didn't live that long. And it's still got a following in Yu-Gi-Oh and all that, and that, that peaked. But Magic's kind of stayed strong, and they really started peaking, I guess. Uh, uh, maybe earlier last decade, like in the 2015, 16, I think they started and they've kind of gone up and down, but they're, you know, they've steadily grown and grown over the years. So it's, it is impressive. Yeah. I, mean, I just, I'm shocked because I play yeah. that game, uh, even in arena. I'm like, how is this one still around? Cause you can see all these paper mechanic thought processes going on and they're not doing anything that's natively digital. And yet, it's here they are. They're still doing it, and people are sticking with it because it's magic and it's got the mind share. And it's, I don't really get it. Like I would have thought that something like Hex would have done much better and been digitally approached and or approached from a digital perspective and done unique things. Or something like Hearthstone would keep blowing up and get more complex. But instead, both of those games, well, Hex is pretty much dead. It failed. Um, Hearthstone, I don't see anybody talk about it lately. Um, I don't know if it's, I know they're still doing stuff. It must be fine. It's one of those things where it feels like it's dead, but like, you know, they're making money hand over fist and you just don't realize it or something. But I, I yet, just to me, it didn't have the, the rule depth. It felt like magic right. light. Yeah, no. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's then it's great with attracting new players, but a lot of those newer casual players don't invest and, and get as involved in the game when the rules to me are a little more complex and deep to where magic is kind of it's a little bit daunting at first for people but it's one of those after a couple play sessions you kind of got it down you know how to play and have fun but you don't really know how to play really well and so it, it's a lot there's a big gap between some of the really best players and all the nuances kind of like a the elite poker players versus you know guys that can play you know casual poker games with their friends and and I'm not to say I'm one of those people there but there's you know really expert good players that play the game and then it, it kind of draws in all the different layers of your casual your you know commander type decks all the way up to your tournament guys that net deck and and go and even all the you make the rules work for you do the mind game trick stuff just there's so many nuances and layers to it that it, it attracts the full range of people who find different you know appreciate different aspects or get different things out of the game to where i think some of the other ones only grab one aspect of it and then 
if it fails to have that depth, okay, I'm going to move on. I'm going to go back to magic. That's where I know I can really explore uh, all the different um, strategic layers and and the challenge that's involved with it. Yeah, part of why I got into magic was because I was I was really enjoying Hearthstone and it's like I wanted to try something a little bit deeper. And then after I started playing magic, I couldn't go back to Hearthstone because it was Hearthstone was just too simplistic and I like I fell in love with the card synergy. Mm. And the and the, that the art, um just the the history it can build off of um the and another big thing about it is it, it it its own success helps itself, right? When you go into the card shop and there's 20 people playing this game, and now that you get that consistency, you know you can always play it. It kind of helps grab more people, kind of like I guess Twitch streaming is like that, right? It's hard uh-huh. to start, but once you get a whole bunch of people, you're like, hey, what a what's going on here? What am I missing out on? I'm gonna go watch this person, or I wanna go play this game. So its own popularity kind of helps helps sustain itself, I think. Hmm, I wonder, is that? If people get bored of the digital game now, is it going to kill the game? I don't think so. I think there's some people that are the cardboard pierced. Mm. But the digital game keeps up with the, the main game. If they keep that up and keep the tournaments intertwined, if it keeps the rule sets, I think it'll stick around in the same way. It's just the digital game, the way they set it up, is really just like playing tabletop almost on, just on the computer. So. I think one of the more disturbing things for me was realizing just how frequently Magic releases card sets nowadays. And it's like, it's just like Hearthstone. It's like the same cadence. And it's like, that was too rapid for me over there. And it's certainly too rapid for me to spend money on over here. And it's just ridiculous. So I, a long time ago, I couldn't keep up with playing standard. And not because of it's a cost thing or whatever. It's just, it it, it does that. But I I love drafting. So that's what really drew me into Magic. And and the the digital game, you can get, you know, a lot of practicing because you can just pop drafts all the time, right? But I know some people love to do the constructed part and and doing that standard grind, and I think it does burn a lot of people out. Mm. Or that's why I take more legacy, like extended, or before it was extended, and then um, all the, some of the legacy formats that help keep some of your cards around. It's just the problem is, is some of those cards start getting really expensive for especially for newer players to try to get into that the older uh, formats. So another thing I realized is, and this is probably because I was reading that Kickstarter about the totally free-to-play game, like, one of the things you have to do with a physical card game that has pack rarity, or different rarities, is that means you have to have some cards that are garbage, intentionally. And you can say that, well, it's just balanced differently. But it seems like you end up with these cards that you never want to use. And There's I don't a like bug that. on the tree there. Oh, wow. I don't know. Maybe I'm so a lot of the commons, a lot of commons in the magic sets aren't really meant to be played in constructed decks. A lot of the commons are like, why are they f- there? Get rid. This is a pointless waste of draft limited. Yeah, whatever flavor. Yeah. Um, they're not worth anything, and you're really going. You're obviously you're going for the rare, and maybe that chase uncommon or two per set, right? Mm-hmm. And so you may mostly make decks out of but there, there's a huge history of good commons that are you know lightning bolts are common right yeah that and so they are there and then there's also popper formats to where a lot of those commons come into play Ooh, can you explain popper because i don't know what that is and i saw that everywhere on the deck lists so it's basically playing uh 
with cheap commons and making your deck. You can't play with the rares. And so P A U P E R. Yeah. Okay. Like, Just uh, make poor popper. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that that's actually that the popularity of that format's actually grown a lot in the last few years. So I've never really played it much, but that along with like Commander, Commander blew up really huge. And Commander is what? That's like uh, uh, ED, uh, AH Commander. It's where you have like the hundred card, hundred card decks, and you play with like a group of people. Ooh. That's the like, that's the real casual. So you is have it 2v2 like two or cooperative or what? It's everyone's like on their own. Okay. And there, you you put a lot. They make cards specifically for that format now. You oh. can, even in the regular sets, you go, oh, this is a commander card, because it like affects one or more players. So that's and I like command. I don't really enjoy playing it. It's not my thing. I like the more one-on-one competitive tournament style uh, type thing. But for those like commander, it made a lot of my old mythics and rares really valuable. Mm. So. That's when all of those cards spiked up that no like one would use. How would, would use old and... cards be useful? Because they're not part of the commanders, set. Because you know, commanders from like uh, multi... It goes back a long way, the oh, pool of cards you can use. Okay. So there'd be cards from like several sets ago that became a lot more valuable because they're a really good commander card. And the demand for them went up. And then commanders also, they like to bling out their decks. They call it war. A lot of them go for all the foils and they make it uh, nice because they make this big deck and you kind of keep it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Right? And you, and you continuously build on it or you have a couple oh, of them. Oh, I used to have a deck like this then. Mm-hmm. I had a giant white deck that was all white and it was all the Lucky Charms were in it and it was all about rehealing yourself and people couldn't kill you. Uh, I don't know. It probably wasn't the way right you, for the format, uh, but still, the, the idea of yeah. it is cool. The way you talk about magic and the things you kind of look for, I think you would enjoy Commander a lot. All right, so I have some things to try, it sounds like. But it can get expensive to play Commander, but you can have <laughs> what a shock. Commander decks that aren't that expensive, too, that are still... Because the goal isn't to be super competitive. A lot of times it's a, oh, man, this is going to be a really evil thing to have in my deck. Everyone's going to hate this, because you can only have one of each card. You can't have multiple of oh, the same card. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so you're like, well, I can do some crazy tricks with this, or, oh, this is so evil. I'm going to make this evil little combo, and it's going to piss my friends off. I see a lot of that. So a lot of it's a very – Commander is a much more local meta amongst your buddies and the stuff you can do to each other. It's kind of old, older school tabletop or kitchen counter magic is what Commander is. And that that appeals to a lot of people. It's a It's a really big following. A lot of infinite combos in that or no? There can be or just wipe the board. A lot of wipe the board stuff because mm. you're playing multiple people. So you just like, okay, I want to do all this. I haven't really played it much. So I don't know a lot of the nuances to really get into details. I just kind of know overall what's going on or just observing other guys playing. And it's usually more of that board gaming experience, right? Kind of you're with the around sitting around the table with some friends sure. playing Magic. And that's what that's what that captures. Is a commander in arena or no? I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it is yet. Probably will take some time till all the sets are available. But it's one of those that if you and Anna, I don't know if you all have card shops nearby, if you all still have the time or the I have a bunch energy of cards. <laughs> but you, that'd be something that you guys could probably you just put something together and go up there and just start playing Commander. Yeah. And and it's it's real, it's it's not like a high stress. Uh, I need to have the best meta, you know, the net deck or whatever's winning the meta right now, and I got to buy all these extra cards. You just slowly build up your commander deck over time, or try out new things. And... So here's the dilemma we have in terms of local card shops. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's two that are actually within about five, 10 minutes of us. One of them has already said they will probably be folding because of COVID. Uh-huh. And the other one, we have been there exactly once to look for something for me, and it smelled like hot nerds in there. <laughs> Wait, oh, which that's... one's folding? Pegasus. Oh, what about the place where the other place? Though? Yeah, the one that smelled like day four of PAX. No, not that one. That one's gone, I think, actually. Oh, okay. Um, the I'm thinking of the hole in the wall. No, 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 no. I'm bored is the one I'm thinking of. Oh, they I do. Th- they they're a big magic. Show, well, at least they were. Yeah. Big on magic, so, so I think they're going to we'll survive because they rotate. They like pit. They um. Hmm. They switch to online stuff real fast. Oh, okay. Also, they're in Milwaukee. No, the I'm bored is here. No. Oh, you just looked it up, didn't you? <laughs> they had one in Madison. Maybe they closed. Um, they normally come to the convention. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I don't think they've been in Madison for quite some Middleton. time. Middleton. They're in Middleton. Oh, okay. My Middleton bad. and Sun Prairie. They're not even in Milwaukee. Oh. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, what am I thinking of then? I don't know. Okay. They're, yeah. All right. Anyway. Tuesday through Saturday, 10 p.m. to 6 p.m. How does that work? Um, 10 a.m. Sure to 6 p.m.? It says 10 p.m. to 6 p.m. on the site. <laughs> <laughs> Curbside pickup and limited delivery only. Entering store is not permitted. Huh, apparently my local card shop had like a t-shirt fundraiser to help stay alive through COVID. Nice. So I tend to, I mean... I, I tend to buy all of my magic cards at Walmart, not because I well because I'm there. That was the origin of the flat milk title, mm-hmm. but I would prefer to go to the card shop to get them. Anna, we Ugh. can get a layer of Behemoth's booster display for 114 dollars. It's on sale. Uh, if you want the most value, the most value is usually to buy singles. Yeah. If you want to build up a collection and do a lot of trading, sure, by opening packs is, is fine. And there's, there's more that fun. You can't. What do you put? Yeah, what price do you put on the fun of the gamble of the pack, right? So th- mm-hmm. there is some enjoyment crack in a pack, but if you're looking at it from a pure financial standpoint, almost all the time. It's, let let it me let... be clear, Anna and I will not be buying the new Magic release. As much cool yeah. as it would be to get the Godzilla card, because mm-hmm. apparently oh, yeah. fucking excuse me, apparently like um, kaiju are in this current release. Mm-hmm. I don't know yep. why. <laughs> and they had to change the card name. Yeah. Yeah, because of Corona Beam. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's fun. I, I could see, you know, those are like the Godzilla stuff. So they, they are beginning more creative to try to sell more product, uh, especially a lot of these special sets they're doing, which some people hate it. Some people don't care. Some people love it. But, you know, the, if you really want to build that commander deck, you can think of cards. You look, a lot of people just love digging up old cards. And, oh, I need to find this. And you go, I need to go buy this card. It's 60 cents or something. It's not My a big cards deal, are right? so old, though. There's no way they're valid. <laughs> No, I'm sure some of the ones may still be, but they may not be. I have to play the patched version that I don't know about. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got new rules. But yeah. <laughs> Commander goes back a fairly long way. I'd have to see. I don't know exactly what set they, the cutoff is, but it, it, it's pretty uh, I mean, encompassing, I believe. For so long, you don't understand how old my cards are. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I had stuff back from revised. And <laughs> yeah, like exactly. And a lot of that stuff, unless it's been reprinted, not, you yeah, can't no. play. <laughs> and a lot of it, a lot of those old cards, is either they they're really good and they're worth a whole so lot. of money. So what you're telling me is, I can build an awesome kick-ass Fallen Empires deck now. Finally, Just, is it is it, oh, is it, is it Fallen Empires time I don't to think shine? That ever existed. <laughs> I don't think awesome Fallen Empires or Homelands <laughs> cards ever really existed. The worst expansion ever. <laughs> Yeah, I remember buying a lot of that as a kid. Like, what a waste! But I think Fallen Empires packs were only like a dollar fifty. If I remember, it's too much. Yeah, yeah. Just whatever you do, Chris. Yeah. Do not tell your father you're playing Magic. Why? Because how many texts have we gotten asking if you own a Black Lotus? Because he wants to eBay it for us. And I was like, I don't have a. I've never had a Black Lotus. If I had a Black Lotus, I would have sold it by now, Dad. Stop asking me if I have a Black Lotus. I know about the Black Lotus. Chris, Chris, do you have any old Magic the Gathering cards? Have you gone through them yes. recently? No. Because I'm, I'm telling you, if you have a Black Lotus, I can sell it for you. It's like I get it, it he, every time he gets me too. Like, no, I haven't thought about. It. And then he brings up those cards. Like, I never would have had those. I don't have those. I never would have had those. You're going to tell me the Sengar Vampire is worth a bunch of money now? I'll get excited. But the freaking things I never no. would have had. Most that's the thing is a lot of those old creatures back then um, that used to be worth money, like Royal Assassin, Sengar Vampire, uh, Shivan Dragon, they were yeah. like $15, $20 cards. So They've not, been reprinted. Yeah. Oh, they become uncommon. They're not yeah. good anymore. Yeah. Creatures... I've gotten a lot better, whereas back then the spells are still really good. So, so it's all been, the spell cards. I'm that are getting worth money a legendary creature in every single pack from this new set. I don't understand that. Is that a thing now? Just uh, here, have sure. legendaries. Everyone gets legendary creatures. You get a legendary, and you get a legendary, and you get a legendary. Oh, well, legendary just means you can only have one of them. They're well, not legendaries used to be hard to find. <laughs> okay, except for the legend set. Well, th- that's a lot later in my timeline. <laughs> No, Legends was back then, way back yeah, then. I know it was. Oh, it was but... expensive, and there are only Legend cards. Chris, you haven't answered my most important question. Hold on, I have a. a I, I want to at least give a shout out to Saral in the chat room. Is like, hey, you should try Legends of Ruterra. They have the progression system that's more likely what you're looking for. So I want you to know I've downloaded Legends of Ruterra, and I will give it a go. So, all right, what's your question, Anna? Would you like to see my deck? Oh my gosh. Card games on motorcycles. All right. At this point, we're going to take a break. All right. And we're back with your feedback for our question of the week. So we asked you last week, what's your RPG of the decade? Kind of influenced by us putting out our RPG of the decade list. What's what's your RPG of the decade? Okay, cool. I love all of my children. Please don't ask me to pick one. Uh All right. Undertale. How about you, Jonathan? Oh, we're making people pick right now, live? I was not yes. prepared. Yeah, he wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I'm not prepared for that, and I was here when the question was decided. <laughs> but you put uh, me on the spot. Yeah, because you'd know. You have a list. It's only top of mind for me because I did the list myself. Yeah, I don't know. Um, mm. One of the Fire Emblem games. Which one? I, I don't know. Don't make me pick. All right. Well, let me walk you through it. There were three. Stop, Chris. In Fates, there were three. Pick one of the three. No, not Fates. <laughs> Awakening. <laughs> Do you, okay. 
Okay, Fates versus Awakening, Anna. Pick one or the other. Oh, I have to pick between the two of those? Yeah, I'm making this easy for you. Awakening. Okay. Awakening versus Three Houses. Three Houses. Three Houses. All right, that's it. (laughs) I'm pretty sure nothing else has been as good as any of those. Shadows of Valencia was great. Nah. (laughs) No. Compared to Awakening? All right. All right. Well, let's do it. It was a different kind of great. Awakening versus Valencia. Can you pick one? I think I would choose Valencia. Valencia. Valencia versus Three Houses. No, still Three Houses. Three Houses. Three Houses is your pick. Game of the decade. Done. All right. See, we got through it. (laughs) Trust your gut. Peter? Um, I would probably have to say, and it was tough, but I'd probably say Persona 5. Ooh. Good choice. Yeah. I I <laughs> actually went back and forth between four and five because I think they both came out this decade. And I loved a lot of the characters in four and, you know, the premise. But five was just so well done. It got so, style. Yeah. But five or five royal? Five uh, royal came out royal, this year. So. Yeah. And? So it doesn't count. Oh, it doesn't count? I thought the decade starts at, tw- at the one. 2010. Oh, we're not doing that. Okay. To 2019. 2019. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Does, I mean, Persona 4 came out in like 2008, so are you counting Golden as this decade? No remakes, I think, right? What? Why not? I don't know. I'm asking you, really. I think it would have been Golden, though. Yeah. That's fair. Two years later. Yeah. Two and a half, three. Yeah, it definitely came out, I want to say 2011. And I think Golden, even though it is a remake, it was... It was enough uh, uh, of additions to be considered its own, maybe. But I mean, I they do it, such a good job streamlining and adding quality of life and making yeah. the game feel new again that I feel like it's hard to discard games like that. It's like, yeah, they're a remake, but who cares? Yeah, it wasn't just like a reskin. Like, hey, we put better graphics, but it's exactly the same game. Golden added so much to it that made it even more enjoyable than the first time. They always feel like director's cuts of games when they do that. Yep. Jonathan, did I give you enough time to pick? Uh, Probably Mass Effect 2, I guess, if I had to. Who'd you romance? Who didn't he romance? And why did you pick Tally? I think it was the reporter girl. Look at reporter girl. I think that's who it is. Jessica Chobot? (laughs) Wait, the Vita looking girl? Yeah. Or I guess she looked at PSP, didn't she? I think accidentally, I think she was just like the easiest one to do it with. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> like it just happened. I'm like, oh, I guess this just happened. happened. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of, just kind of happened. Oops, in a relationship. <laughs> Jonathan just fell right in. Yep. <sighs> Josh, did you, did you have a pick? Oh, oh, it was Trails in the Sky. Oh, right, Easy. of course. Yep. All right. So now we get into other people's answers. Shaman says, I gave my full top 10 on Twitter, but my number one was Tokyo Mirage Sessions because it was the perfect fusion of two RPG franchises I didn't fall in love with until the 2010s, Persona and Fire Emblem. Um, Featherhoof says, I'm going to say Final Fantasy XIV. 
it was the MMO that got me to love an MMO. I tried WoW, Final Fantasy XI, City of Heroes, Perfect World, among others, but they never held my interest long enough to play for longer than uh, two or three months. Final Fantasy XIV is so good and compelling that I'm on year six and still loving it. That's got to say something. That's true. Uh, Victor says, I declare Undertale is the RPG of the decade in the sense that this is the one RPG from the 2010s that the next generation of gamers should try out. My RPG of the decade has to be World of Warcraft because I have literally played it almost every day since 2010. The WoW's Legion expansions Mage Tower challenges are the most fun I've had or probably will have playing an MMO. Unfortunately, they're no longer available. Honorable mention for my RPG of the decade goes to Journey to Cratia. Oh, Chris. What? Journey to Cratia. What is that? <clears throat> Chemco alert! Chemco alert! <laughs> I that knew it? you'd figure it Was out. Was that it? Not because it's good, but because I loved it. See, Chris, you can <laughs> love games that aren't good. All right. We also asked the question the on Final Twitter. Fantasy seven. <laughs> <laughs> and Blazer said uh, Xenoblade X was his game of the decade, and Gamer Right chose Dragon Quest IV on Android. All right, so we have a new question of the week for you guys. So I think this one was from you, Kelly. Which mm. one was it? Alex. Might have been Alex. Okay, sorry. Which series development team would you like to see tackle a completely new IP? Yeah, I think that was from Alex. All right. I like this idea. Because, like, what would it look like if, say, the Kingdom Hearts team were to make something that wasn't Disney? What would that look like? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake? hey Wait, uh, it would look like Kingdom Hearts Three, Anna. Oh. No, wait, no, that was uh, Kingdom Hearts that wasn't Final Fantasy. I'm yeah, sorry, I got that backwards. Later. Yeah, I got that backwards. I think I'd like to see the Yakuza team. I mean, they already did a good one with uh, a binary domain, so let them take on something new well, and different. Didn't they do Judgment? Uh, they did. Um, they are doing something different. It's called a turn-based RPG version of Yakuza. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I mean, like I wanna... mine... Oh, okay. I mean, I want to say that I'd like to see the Persona team tackle something different, but where to get that with Tokyo Mirage Sessions and Catherine? Uh, mostly Catherine. Um, yeah, Catherine was made in the Persona 4 engine? Persona 5. Persona that was, 5 that was how they tested the 5 engine. Right. Yeah, my pick was, I feel like it's an unfair pick because they almost always do new IPs, but I love when Platinum Games touches something. Oh, yeah, that's kind of their shtick. Yeah, like yeah. every touch. single thing they make is brand new, and it's always so good. Always? Always. Um, oh, I don't know that I buy that. All right. What would you have said that they didn't? Oh, let's, let's, let's review some of the Platinum games. How'd you like about, the, you like that Legend of Korra game? Oh, I actually don't think I played that one. Oh, okay. Um, Sorry. The Ninja Turtles one? The Ninja Turtles one was great. Okay. So what's the Transformers one? Um, <laughs> probably should have asterisk that it's probably, you'd probably be better off if you picked games that I actually would have played. <laughs> See, there's, they, so, made, uh, they, they made two uh, Android I, iOS games, Lost Order and World of Demons. Nope. Do you like Astral no, Chain? Heard... You liked Astral Chain. I liked A lot of people Chain. did say that, uh, that Transformers game was really good. They, you uh, loved the, it when you played it. The Transformers game is good. I, you'll know I didn't bring that one up. 
Okay. Um, Star Fox Zero and Star Fox Guard for the Wii U. They co-developed like that. that. You did? Yep. You like Zero? I, You're I the liked one. it. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not the greatest, but I liked it. This show um, can just be summed up as problematic faves. <laughs> and, and listen, listen, you... uh, Star Fox is a, is a already established IP. I'm talking about new ones. What, so about, their, they did what bank, about their first they did game? Vanquish. Okay, what Vanquish about Mad World? Great. Mad World, Mad World was good. Infinite Space on the DS? They co-developed uh, that. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I played that Wasn't one. Wasn't that with the Miami company? Co-developed with Nude Maker, whatever that is. I hope that's mm. not a Miami company with a name like that. Um, <laughs> Vanquish, you Nude like Vanquish, Nude Maker right? Games. Good. Anarchy Reigns. This like is like the like worst thing to Google. Anarchy Reigns? Uh, I don't actually know if I played that. Yeah. Oh, Nude Maker is that spin-off of Human. Mm. Yeah, so they get contracted by companies to make stuff. And yeah, the thing that they're most known for isn't Infinite Space. It's still Battalion. Mm. Was that the Xbox game with the massive controller? Yep. yep. Well, they didn't make the original, did they? No, the 2002 yeah, one. Cool the game. 2002 one. Okay, yes. yeah, that's still Battalion. Yep, and Line of Contact. That's That's the big one. That's the that's the those controller are the big one. those are the big controller games. Yep, good 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 job on them. Um, yeah, co-develop with Capcom on those. Yeah, all right. So I guess Legend of Korra, TMNT, and what's the third one to to be like? Hmm, maybe a more bitter taste. Probably just those two. That's not too bad. Also, I just wanted to be IP. clear. It's not everything. Oh, it's only new IPs. I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was only new IPs. Too bad Scalebound got canceled, huh? They they were working on that. That looked so fun in some of the gameplay trailers. And like not fun on some of the other ones? Yeah. <laughs> that was a weird game. It looked interesting. I would have liked to have tried given it a fair shake. Yes. I agree with that. Alright. What are we talking about? We're talking about um which series development team would you like to see tackle the new IP? Oh Platinum. Yes. Right. Yeah, I know I'm cool with that answer. <laughs> After all that, I'm actually pretty cool with that answer. Yeah, harass me that it's not that great. <laughs> that everything they don't touch isn't good. Well, if, but everything isn't, and so, I just had a problem with that statement. But yeah, they'd listen. be pretty good. <laughs> Do you need me to go over there and smack some sense in there? Yes. <laughs> Might need to. Okay. Carrying on. We got news. Oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. I forgot to tell people how they actually answer the question of the week. (laughs) There's lots of ways to do so. You can email us, podcast at rpgamer.com. Podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us. 608-298-7489. Wait, no. Let me explain. You can call or text us at 608-298-7489. So one of the fun things that Chris and I did is while we were playing Catherine, we were trying to figure out all of the voice actors. From Persona 5. Persona, because they're all in either Persona 4 or 5. Yeah. Let me explain. Freaking Sojiro. Yeah, so Sojiro is the... Um, Not the narrator, but the Yeah, he's announcer? the narrator. Is that really a narrator? I don't know. Isn't Matt Mercer in there? Yeah, I think so. 
He played Kanji in Persona 5. Or no, Persona 4. We didn't figure it all out. We had just played Persona 5, so those are the ones we figured out the most. Ah. News? Yes. Beep, 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 beep. No, we didn't give all the options. What's, what well, else is there? You can oh, come yeah. listen to the show live at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. On twitch.tv slash rpgamer, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Uh, We try to throw up the question of the week on the Twitter account, so if you follow us at rpgamer. Twitter.com slash rpgamer. Or you can just go to the website and answer answer the question there. www.rpgamer.com All right, now we have news. I'm all dooted out. (laughs) I dooted too many times. Did you do it while you were muted again? No. I did, did not that do title. while I muted. I know we did that title, but it seems to be a problem with him. Mm. I Mute didn't do it prematurely. Doot I do it right on time twice. <laughs> you got All right. Muted. We have editorial content. Um, Wait, I, what happened in the news? <laughs> that's This is part of our news. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we have multiple reviews. So I did my Wintermore Tactics Club review. I do like have, it. Do we have a sound I can talk about for... this now. Okay. It's right. really good. It's like um, Persona, but you can finish it in a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> so it has well, like these. Persona then. Yeah, that's not Persona. <laughs> Shut up. So yeah, it's like it's it's basically laid out very much like a Persona game, where you have all of the these sections that are like social encounters, visual novel esque. You're building up relationships. You're doing quests for people, and then there's the combat section, which isn't like Persona. It's actually like a tactical RPG, because you're playing um, uh, catacombs and and what is it? It's CNC. Yeah. Which is definitely not Cobalts and catacombs. Huh? Cobalts and catacombs? No, it's C. That'd be K. That's yeah, sound. It's... Command and Conquer? Command and Conquer. All right, hang on. Curses and catacombs. Curses. C and C, which is definitely not a dodge of anything copyrighted. Oh. There's even a guy called Guy Rax. <laughs> and they play a game together and and they're a paladin and yeah it's fantastic i love it it's got such witty writing it's got really good sense of humor i like that it touches upon like real issues at the same time having this ridiculously you know very tropey rpg tabletop storyline going on um i feel like it does a really interesting job addressing um, the the sort of I don't know how to explain this, so maybe I'm just gonna drop it. Um, yeah, it has interesting characters, and I love how different they are, and they all have different backgrounds and all the experiences, and that shapes the C and C characters that they make. So the the one thing is is um, so you're you're part of uh, the Wintermore Academy, um, a private school, and there's all these clubs. Except now you're fighting to become the ultimate club. And as each club fights in a snowball battle every day and gets eliminated, one member of each of those clubs joins your club. So you get a guy, Batu, he's from the, the uh, what do you call horse riding? Equestrian? Yeah, they're the equestrian club. Look, they don't have horses, mm-hmm. so they've had to build one. Okay. Science. And so when... <laughs> Snowball fight tactical RPGs bringing back bad Final Fantasy tactics advanced <laughs> memories. This one's good. Oh, no. But this one's good. 
I liked What if we made advance. a whole game around the snowball fight? And it's Tactics good. Advance is my bad game, but I love it. I finally have one. I love Tactics Advance too. Yeah, I like two. Actually, one isn't even that bad. The gameplay wise, I like it. I just hated the story and the characters in that oh, game. The story is Wait, is two better? Oh, yeah. Oh. Two is a lot better. I hated yeah, one so much I never much tried better. two. Yeah, I, I bailed out of Tactics Advance one. And then we had like eight people that started Tactics Advance two at the same time, and all of them bailed out. So it, we, it, we didn't have a review. So I was like, well, I'll play it. The law system in Advance Two is much less less punishing than in One. And there were so many good goodies, like hidden goodies to get. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to play Two. <laughs> and by that point, Twelve was out, so there was um, Twelve Easter eggs. Yeah. Oh, now you remind me of that freaking DS Twelve real-time strategy game oh, oh i also Revenant like Wings. that game yeah. i i guess i'm no stranger to enjoying bad games yeah me neither no i mean you, like you i said should, um, Tax Advance isn't bad. you should chat with jooms <laughs> yeah he, he takes on everything all right um Yes. All right. Uh, we got a gun buddy Super Strikers review, um, which I think basically boils down to cool concept, terrible execution. Uh, um, we have our very first video review. What? Yeah. So I'm sure we've had one before. Nope. This is our very first Who video review. It? Final Fantasy VII. Alex. How's it work? You should go to the RP Gamer YouTube, which is what? RP Gamer D O T C O M? Let me explain. www.youtube.com slash RP Gamer. Did we actually get D-O-T-C-O-M? RP Gamer? Yeah. <laughs> um, is, I think. Someone is squatting on RP Gamer. Well, let me find out. We might have that. I remember um, spoilers. At some point someone that review is really good. No, it's just Sorry. slash RP Gamer, Anna. We okay. have it. We have okay. it. Someone was squatting on it for a while. In the Google page or something. Anyway, or Facebook, I forget. Yeah, so I think Alex is looking for feedback for anybody who is listening. So this, it, he was basically... <laughs> go, go leave a comment and he'll actually trying, read well, it. Well, <laughs> he's trying a new idea of taking a written review and turning it into a video-style format to, yeah. you know, capture more people. Did Ed help um, him with this, or did he do it all on his own? Nah, he did it by himself. No. Wow, cool. Good job. And... For those interested in joining the staff, we are actually looking for a videographer a video, that yeah. would be interested in doing these sort of review videos for us. Um, as with all things on RP Gamer, it's a volunteer position, but you won't get paid. Time. And uh, video takes forever, and it's thankless. So <laughs> sign up now. It is waiting, Chris. Chris, I'm just setting expectations. Okay. There's a reason I'm not allowed to work with the interviews anymore at my job. <laughs> um. <laughs> But no, if you've ever wanted to dabble into doing more games journalism, this is a good starter program. Especially you too can end up at the New York Times or wherever Jason is now. Use us as a stepping stone. Right. Yeah, brush up on your video skills. Yep. We actually have quite a few staff members that have gone on to have like full careers in the video game industry, whether it's um, as a journalist, as a programmer, as something that is like part of development but not programming, like me. Hello. Um, and so, yeah, if you people ask me a lot how 
the, uh, they would suggest uh, how I would suggest they get into video game industry. And this is one of the ways that I do it. Volunteer for a website. Seven wants an actual video producer, which I think means take content someone else makes and put it into appealing, attractive, nice to watch video. Or is that an editor? Um, or is it producer as in take idea, give, come up with what we need to make good video with because we don't know what it is. So produce the outline of what video should be and then... I mean, we have a lot of ideas amongst the senior sure, both staff would be useful. <laughs> of what the review video should look like. Okay. And someone who's making the video review doesn't need to review the game. They need to translate our written review into video format. He wants both. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I was kind of trying to figure out. Producer is a loaded term in the industry, so I didn't know which one you meant. Well, the, and the great thing about um, doing this kind of stuff is that because it's a volunteer, it's pretty much at your own pace. So there really isn't any pressure. To, I mean, you still got to get stuff done, obviously, but there isn't like a hard deadline that you have to adhere to. So it's kind of nice to work on in your spare time if you want to do stuff. Yeah. Everybody who works at the site has a full-time job doing something else. So we yeah. recognize that this is a volunteer position and while we do, Why are we still talking about the volunteer deadline, thing? I'm very confused. You kind of gotta get around to it. Why are we still talking about the volunteer thing? I'm I thought we made on. it clear. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, because I'm trying to make it not sound like you're just working for exposure. Well, mm, Kelly, <laughs> stop setting me up like that. <laughs> just move no, on, Anna. <laughs> there's a definite stigma with it, and I just wanted to make make that point clear. Yes, I'm trying to help. But also, you're mostly working for exposure. You're you're doing it because it's what you love to do. Yes. Not because you're getting something yes. back. Yes, and we we never want people to be under the mistaken assumption that they're getting paid or something out of it. It's it's right. kind of it yeah. really is a volunteer because a you have fun doing it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But yes. with that it's moved on, if you'd like to do it, and then that's it. Where do people go if they want to get hired again? Um, RPGamer.com and then jobs. So okay. hang on, let me double check. I don't think that's right. Yeah, hang on. Exactly. Alex um, is like, that implies we have openings. exposure to offer. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. So it's um. So you go to RP, you go to the RP Gamer website. At the top, you'll see About RP Gamer. And then underneath that uh, menu is job openings. So job openings. RPGamer.com slash about dash RP Gamer slash job dash openings. Or just go to the website. It's way easier. We do have exposure. It's just everybody thinks we died. Yeah, I was about to say, Alex, <laughs> Wait, Alex still is around? reminding me of me posting my Game of the Decade thing to Facebook and people being like, wow, that site's still around. <laughs> like, we uh, used to yeah. get people like, oh, I love your site. Then it turned into, man, I used to go to your site when I was younger. Now it's, <laughs> oh, that shit's still around? <laughs> it's really changed over the years. <laughs> All right, moving on with the rest of our editorial content. <laughs> we have an impression for um, Alder's Blood, and we have the Whatcha Playin' um, column for March and April. Thank you, yeah. Josh. And then we have an editorial by our new editorialist who writes about Yokai Watch being the quintessential vacation RPG series. So check those out when you get some time. We also have headlines. I need to go to CVS and get a Legends of Runeterra card. This is apparently a way I can pay for cards. Oh, what are we asking me? What? News. News. What about it? We are presently <laughs> on the news. All right, what's the story we're on? Pathfinder. I'm still doing the, I'm still doing the, the, the card game. Apparently someone wants me to do something else. 
<laughs> Let's get out of here. Hey, Chris, you have the attention span of a goldfish. Listen, I'm trying to video produce here, and like people aren't helping me. So what do you want from me? <laughs> Content. Make something happen all the time. Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous has begun its closed alpha. Owlcat Games has an isometric RPG, Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. It's in closed alpha. You get it. You got in if you kickstarted it at the right level or higher. Um, there's eight character and classes right now. you can still right buy your way in. Oh, you can buy your way in now for 15 yeah. bucks on their website. Anyone tried this? Is it any good? Anyone know? Nope. It's a follow-up nope. to Kingmaker, which I haven't played, but I've heard good things about, um, at least once you patch it. Um, yeah, it was good for the most part with some rough stuff I've heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on my, I bought it. It's on my radar. I want to play it. It's just That was the, more of a Infinity Engine style game, right? Pathfinder? Similar, Pathfinder? yeah. Yeah. And I don't mean the Madden Infinity Engine. I, of course, mean the Baldur's Gate. Yeah, the old Baldur's Gate. It's in that it's computer RPG. But it's got things where you do kind of Kingdom Sim stuff, too. So. Is this also computer RPG style? Or is this... They said yes. isometric. That made me think Diablo. So they meant... Yeah, okay. it is. All right. So we're just calling that style isometric RPG now. All right. I'm good with that. We can do that. I can get on board with that. All right. Looking at this, it's another one of those. Maybe I'll just go play the first one. <laughs> Cool. Um, choose your edition. Ooh, ooh. If you want to go, I thought it was only fifteen. How much is it? Oh, you gotta scroll down a little bit more. It's it's Alpha down early there access. Option. Does that actually get you a copy of the game? No, I don't think so. I That's think it's just, just early access. Can you actually buy just the? <laughs> I don't know. All right. No. Or can you buy that without buying the game? I'm not All sure. Right. So if you buy the game, it's thirty three. And then what if is there a game plus alpha? Let's see, Alpha Access. Beta Early Access. Wow, it's way easier to just, way cheaper to just stick in the, the Alpha as a optional. And then you'd have to add in Beta as well, wouldn't you? Oh, I hate this. I don't care anymore. <laughs> Somebody explain it to me later. All right. Hoshi Womiru Hito. Hito is releasing on <laughs> Switch. This is apparently a notoriously bad game for the NES. It's a notoriously hard game. Okay. Ah. No, it says games known for being particularly poor quality. Uh, a kusoge. Okay, that's a name, huh? A kusoge uh, sounds it, it's like... It's a Japanese word. It's kind of like a combo word that literally means like fecal matter game. I was going to say, it sounded like a kuso is like is is a Japanese swear. Um, yeah, it is. So this is like a naughty word. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to become your new game to play during Extra Life. Yes. <laughs> What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> Why? I probably have it on my Raspberry Pi, so I can go find it now. <laughs> Ugh, it looks terrible. So, are they even like going to bother translating this, or is it just a ROM? I don't know. Is it? It's this summer, right? So I, I don't know. We'll have to find out. <sighs> so NES hard, not Souls hard. <laughs> no, NES hard. You remember that game that Lucifer paid you to play during Deadly Extra Towers. Life one year? Yeah. Deadly Towers. That's what they want. Hard because it's bad. All right. Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is getting an update. Um, this is... Okay. It's coming on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on May 7th. Nintendo Switch sometime in late May or early June. We just don't seem to know there. Uh, two new features will be added. First, the ability to play through the game as Zangetsu. Um... That's the name of uh, the Bleach Guy's sword, isn't it? All right. Uh, and then the, 
<laughs> the other thing is what? What's the other thing? A oh, randomizer. A randomizer. It's in a different paragraph. Okay. Generate ra- random uh, rearranged versions of the base game using eight different parameters. Shuffling warp and save rooms, randomizing drops and rewards, and uh, they'll have seeds. Hey, so you could like speed run this. That's cool. All right. I need to I need to play Bloodstained. And Zangetsu is um David Haver's character. In what? If you didn't know. In um in Bloodstained. David Hater voices a character? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Isn't that Snake? Yeah. Yeah. And the character is pretty much just Ninja Snake. What is a man? Huh? <laughs> a miserable pile of secrets? Uh, Celestian Tales, Realms Beyond, launching tomorrow on PC. What is this? Agate Games or Agate Games or Agate? Agate. Agate. Like the gem. Uh, I don't know how to say that gem. Agate. I thought it was Agate. 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 Released a touch a launch trailer for its upcoming RPG, Celestian Tales, Realms Beyond. It'll be available in Europe and North America now. Um, and uh, PC via GOG, Humble Store, and Steam. Check out the trailer on our site. It's the second game in the series. First one called Celestian Tales Old, Old North. North. So I don't know if you guys remember, but I actually played Celestian Tales Old North. No. Yeah. So no. this was like the only PC game I played that year, I think. But the idea was is it's a choices game where there is no such thing as the right choice. So like all of these choices are very gray area. Mm-hmm. And mm. you just have to. So it's like every other it. game that comes out like that now. Um. Like, yes, your grace. <laughs> Five or six years ago, that was still a novel concept. Uh, and yes, your grace isn't really a gray area. It's you will have to make decisions. They will be bad. Learn to live with it. So that's that, that's that's how you make a gray area game. Both choices suck. <laughs> All right. We got a trailer for a game called Moonray, which looks to be some sort of tech demo. Uh, it's from developer. Everything is full of gods. <laughs> Uh, it's a hack and slash RPG. It's coming to Steam Early Access. It's ten bucks. Uh, it'll launch on July second, and p- it'll be sometime next year for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X. Go check out the trailer and see lots of particle effects and stuff. All right, great. Mm-hmm. Yakuza Like a Dragon is coming to Xbox and PC. That's the RPG um, Yakuza. Uh, yep. We still don't have dates. It's still coming mm-hmm. to the PS4 as well. They, they did say it's going to be on the Series X at the Series X launch, mm. so it's got to be by then. It was. It came out on PS4 in Japan in January. Um, we're still waiting for it to show up sometime this year here in the U.S. on the PS4. I assume it will launch for both that and the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One sometime this fall, but who knows. Yeah. All right. Action RPG called The Ascent has been revealed uh, during the Xbox Insider Showcase curve digital and neon giant announced the ascent it's a top-down action rpg which just basically means it's a a a stick shooter like turn the move the stick around and shoot things and i don't know i still don't know how this works like there's a lot of shooting there's a lot of bullets and aiming and somehow it's an rpg i think you get to talk to people i'm not really sure and uh (laughs) It's, it's, there's not a lot that we got to lean. There's a lot of cutscene in the trailer, but and it's uh, very cyberpunky, cyber steampunk, yeah. cyber hard cyberpunk, hard sci-fi, sci- hard sci-fi punk. Yeah. 
Scarlet Nexus has been announced. Bandai Namco has confirmed Scarlet Nexus will also launch for PS4, PS5, and PC, as well as Xbox One and Series X sometime in 2020, uh, probably late in 2020. Uh, if you buy the Xbox One version, you get to upgrade to the Series X version for free, which, like, okay, great. Um, Severin says that last game we were just talking about is a shooty Diablo. Scarlet Nexus, on the other hand, has an announcement trailer. And what's going on in Scarlet Nexus? Does anyone know? Not exactly. I couldn't totally tell whether it's supposed to be more of action RPG or if it's supposed to be kind of monster hunter-y or if it's it looks, supposed to be, you This know, like looks more action Dark RPG Souls. than Dark Souls to me. And it's yeah, got it a does. lot of anime. So there's a lot of anime. There's some action-y slashing anime. And if you're lucky, the story's better than Soccer Wars. <laughs> Vamp- and Flowers with Feet. Yes. Vampire the Masquerade's Bloodlines 2 had a trailer. Um, the trailer has, like, um, it's part creepy. of it is extremely disturbing, and then the rest of it is like, oh, Vampire the Masquerade. So I recommend skipping the creepy marionette part and then um, watch the rest of it <laughs> if you want to learn more about the game. <laughs> um, but there's vampires, and they bite people in the neck, and there's going to be a lot of death this night, and I don't know what else is going on because I don't know anything about Vampire the Masquerade. So there you go. And are you less into this game now because they put out a creepy trailer? No. No? Okay. It's really creepy, that trailer. Yeah. Not as creepy as Scorn, whatever that game was. That, that, that game, that, that trailer, Anna thought it was bad. Let's just, it was bad. That trailer let's, was bad. Let's skip. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Children of Morta has put out an update called Setting Sun In. So it is a free update. It's a new game plus mode where you keep your character progression and face off against higher difficulty, new cutscenes and events. And uh, the second of seven planned free updates with a paid expansion set also set to follow. And there you go. So you can check that out. That's a Diablo-like game. Um, I need to get back to that one. I don't know if it'll ever happen. Uh, Just found out this week that there's a bunch of Wii games I never got around to playing that I still have that I want to get back to. So we'll see. All right. Return to Indivisible, and you can face Razmi's challenges. So the PC, PS4, and Xbox One versions, no, I didn't say the Switch version, of uh, Indivisible have new DLC called Razmi's Challenges. It's a collection of 40 small-scale challenge scenarios for players to complete, ranging in nature from combat to simple traversal. Yay, platforming. Complementing the update is a new side story featuring the deadpan and morose witch, Razmi. That's the lady who has a tiger skin on her back. Um... And you can do these challenges partway through the game once you get to Mount Sumeru in the main game. And there you go. Um, The Switch version won't have this because the Switch version was a surprise to everybody that it came out, including the developers. So we don't know what's going on with that one. (laughs) I'm sure all that stuff will get in there at some point. (laughs) All right. uh, Kickstarter check. Sorellum Ultimate Black Book. Is our first Kickstarter check-in, and what what is this? It's a monster catching game. Are you into this? Which one? Serum. Yeah. Cyrilum. Um, I can't decide. I'm more interested in Black Book. Oh, uh, these aren't two. That's two different games. I'm yes. sorry. Serum Ultimate, a monster catching RPG. Collect over a thousand creatures and fuse them together. Oh, Anna, are you sure? Yep. They've they met their goal. Why aren't you into this? You fuse you fuse creatures together and collect them. How is this not for you? What am I missing? 
um, the dungeons look very bland because oh. they're randomly generated. Oh, it's real rough looking. Yeah. Oh, boy. This is RPG Maker or something yeah. like it. I okay. mean, I'm not opposed to RPG Maker. I know. It's just hard to have a game like Persona 5 where you're fusing monsters to then go to something like this where you're fusing monsters. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people start here. And then you get uh, Cosmic Star Heroin in a few years. So that's that's how you start. So that's fine. Good luck to them. All right. Serolim Ultimate. Uh, oh, right, right, right. I have, if you want to take the journey into Serolim Ultimate, it will cost you... Uh, what's it called? Uh, $18 to get in and get a copy of the game. It is already fully funded. They had a goal of $10,000. they are over 50000 already. So go for it. Jump in now. You you at least know they've, the goal has been met. Um, obviously, there's always some risk with Kickstarter. If you want to go crazy, you can pledge $2,500 or more, and you can design a realm and a god, and they got all these other things you get as well, and you get alpha and beta access and all this stuff. So, there you go. Check that out. All right, and now we have Black Book. It's a narrative-driven adventure RPG inspired by Slavic mythology. Publisher Morteshka and publisher... Excuse me. Developer Morteshka. Publisher Hype Train Digital. That's a good name for a publisher. All right. What's this one about, Anna? Um. Oh, wow. That's a giant wolf. Yeah. And uh, a person on a foggy... Oh, that, that fish is going to eat them. What is this? <laughs> it's, a, it's a European mythology game. Oh, that's... Oh. If that's what you want, why aren't you into The Witcher? Um... Witcher is part of European mythology. Where you isn't it? Aren't all those things European mythology that show up in The Witcher? No. Oh, okay. Or is it all made up? It's very European, I can tell you that much. <laughs> A lot of mythology is European. Like Greek mythology? Norse hey, mythology. This black book game has a demo <laughs> out on Steam right now. Yep. Uh, prologue, which is spelled funny. No, that's how you spell prologue. P-R-O-L-O-G-U-E. Yes. That's how they spell it. No, it's spelled P-R-O-L-O-G. No. G-U-E is how you spell prologue. Maybe in Canada. All right. So, uh, 25 bucks gets you the game. And then if you want to go crazy, it is $7,500. You didn't understand me. They have it spelled P-R-O-L-O-G on the graphics for the Black Book demo. Oh, not here. Not on the Kickstarter page. Play the prologue, G-U-E. Download on Steam. So they must have fixed it. Okay. They fixed it. <laughs> okay. They must have fixed it. There you go. <laughs> Prashka, Mysterious Talking Cat. A long time ago, Prashka had a different name and a completely different life. He was a local deity of a village worshipped by his residents. Everything changed when Christianity came, his temple was razed to the ground, and Prashka himself was abandoned by his people. In the end, he even forgot his past. Now he himself does not remember exactly who he was and considers himself either the soul of a dead human or a spirit of nature. Can Prashka remember his real name and recover his past? Is that a character you play? Okay, that's one of the characters in the game. So there's a cat in this game. Yay! <laughs> And then there's also, like, a soldier, a mentor, and a sorceress. So, um, 
this game is cat fancy. I mean, RP Gamer approved because it has a talking cat in it. Um, yep. All right. There we go. That's a whole review point there. That's a whole review point. If it Tw- had a dog, I'd have to take 0. 0.5 off. Yeah. Well, you fight a dog at some point. <laughs> oh, excellent. A big old shadow Add dog. Add a 0. 0.5. All right, cool. Like, it's in the GIF right here. That's a big, giant shadow wolf that they're killing. $7,500 gets you um, additional things. Uh, is there a big... Oh, you get a trip to Sheridan, which is, like, um, where they're developing it. So they want 35k. They've met it. They got 60, 36,000 so far. Uh, you can go back, back this now if you'd like. Are you going to back it, Anna? You're just going to wait. Going back and forth about whether I maybe do back. the remind me thing and check on on it later. Yeah, probably. All right, that's our Kickstarter checks. Is that all of our news? I Looks it like is. it. Yeah, there's no briefs. No this briefs. Week. No briefs. No briefs. No We're going briefs. commando. New game releases. First up. On PC and Mac, it's Signs of the Sojourner. Whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Then Star Wars Episode One Racer is coming out on PS4 and Switch. What? What? Like pod yeah, racing? The, the N64 it's on game. PC. But it's not called pod racing? Or this is a different game than pod racer? Oh. It's pod racer game. It's just never been called that. Oh, I thought it was called pod racer. All right. That's so, what everyone called it. Now this is pod racing. All right. <laughs> Arguably the only good thing about that whole movie. Yep. <laughs> no question. <laughs> that and Darth Maul. Corn on the cob. Corn on the cob. All right. Anyway. No, that's an old internet reference. <laughs> Isn't that a you the man now, dog? It's a yep. Pong Quest is coming out on Switch. Oh, Let's God. make a fun of the terrible Pong Quest website. What? <laughs> Tell me about the Pong Quest yeah. website, Anna. So if you go to atari.com slash game slash Pong dash quest, um, this is their Pong Quest website. Um, part of the front page says, I am a text block. Click ed- but edit button to change this text. Lorem Ipsum Dolor Sidamet. Yeah, they've got the Lorem Ipsum text. <laughs> Do you know that's actually gibberish? It's not actually Latin. Oh, really? It doesn't mean anything. It's oh, not that's Latin. that's funny. Yeah, I know. Um, they have this screenshot gallery um, where the sixth or seventh screenshot might be randomly not working. Um, <laughs> YouTube is disabled on my screen. I don't know why YouTube is disabled. You have to manually allow it for some reason. My screenshots are working. Okay. Down at the bottom. Oh, and the YouTube's working as well. Okay, that's weird. I wonder what I did that makes. Do you YouTube have AdBlock that's interfering um, with it? You, I mean, YouTube's disabled on mine too. <laughs> I have AdBlock off on this browser right now, so that might be why. Oh, okay. Um, game requirements are Windows Seven SP one sixty four bit. Windows Seven was my favorite operating system. Mm-hmm, they too. also support Windows eight point one and Windows ten. In case you don't have Windows Seven, it's a good thing. I hear not many people have Windows Seven. Yeah. And here's my favorite is sound card requirements is a Windows compatible sound card. Very specific. Thank you. Are there any sound cards that are not Windows compatible? I'm sure you can find one. Probably you have to go out of your way to make it. Yeah. (laughs) It'd be really hard to get one. Like it may be, I was going to say one for the Mac, but people don't make sound cards for Macs. Um, (laughs) I don't know, Anna. (laughs) That's my challenge now. 
I guess this is what happens when you don't hire a proper website developer. Uh, Let's this is not Atari talk about in that. a nutshell. Let's not talk about that, Anna. You're a little too close to the story on that one. All right. <sighs> for for uh for a certain other company you work with idle champions of the forgotten realms coming out on the switch actually it's out right now on the switch so this is an uh this is an idle game this is one of those numbers always goes up game anna and i play um uh crusaders of the lost idols which is basically the same game but without the D skin um but it's a totally different separate game supported by the same company um it usually runs in flash or a steam uh, Adobe Air Client. I don't know how they got this to work on the Switch. Um, because Crusaders of the Forgotten Realms isn't written in Flash. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. Are we are we playing the wrong game, Anna? You keep telling me that I am. Well, I don't... Well, I gave up, and I've, I'm all in on Crusaders now, so we're both screwed. <laughs> <laughs> we're playing the wrong game, Anna. A year from now, we're going to have no way to play it. All right. And then Elder Scrolls Blade is coming out on Switch. I did check during the show. It's not out yet. Do we have a date on that one? Must be later this week or something, right? Um, no, it's out. No. Elder it's, it's TBA Scrolls on the store. Blade Switch. I can prove it to you. Elder Scrolls Blades for Nintendo Switch. Oh, available spring 2020. That's weird. It was supposed to be this week. Well, it got pushed back? Yeah, it was in the press release saying that Elder Scrolls Blades was coming out this week. Well, maybe it's this week as in the next one. No, the press release said it was available now. As of, So the press release goes out on Thursdays. So as of Thursday, May 7th, it was supposed to be available. Mm. I don't know. Did someone forget to flip a switch? It's 12th of May. Oh, interesting. According okay. to the Nintendo download article on Nintendo Life. Oh, 12th weird. of May. Okay. So that got cleared up somehow, but it's uh, three okay. days from now. So that will be Tuesday. Yes. Uh, it looks like it's going to be free to play, so I was wondering how they're going to handle that with the mobile game. You can log into the same account, and it'll cross-save so you can continue your progress from the phone. And uh, I'm sure they will charge you out the wazoo to progress in the game, which is, of course, why you shouldn't play it. <laughs> but at least you'll have a controller now. All right. What else we got? Anything else? That's it. That's it. What's our question for the week? Um, I thought I copied it down here. Which we series did. development team would you like to see tackle a new IP? And if you'd like to send that in, it's podcastrpmer.com, 608-298-7489. And uh, twitter.com slash rpgamer and www.rpgamer.com, of course. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Thank you, Dale North, for doing our theme song forecast for doing our MP3 encoding. And you out there. For listening to the show. Thank you. So now that we've given you a list of what's coming out this week, what's everyone going to play? First, Jonathan. <laughs> he didn't um, that. <laughs> more MechWarrior 5, maybe dive in the um, XCOM. That works. Joshua? Yeah, I'm going to see if I can't finish up the XCOM Crimera squad. Peter? I will be finishing Final Fantasy VII Remake and then uh, probably going headfirst into uh, Trials of Mana OG. Nice. Oh, I need to start that. What are you going to play this week, Anna, since it won't be that, even though it should be? Well, no, I, I probably am going to do Trials of Mana um, OG on the Switch from the collection of Mana, and then I'm going to be continuing Shibuya, uh, 428's Shibuya Scramble. 
I cannot. Keep what are you going to go to next on the PS4? You have a box. Now. I have a box. I have a backlog box. Backlog box. Yep. It's like I haven't the, decided it's what. It's like the Ami bucket, but it's full of more shame. <laughs> it's full. Thanks. All right. I'm going to play more card games, I think. So I've got Magic Formats to try out and Legends of Ruterra to try out. So, And uh, more TVs to fall off trucks. Kelly, what are you playing? (laughs) Going to be dependent on what I get for my birthday tonight. Mm. Either either Trials of Mana um, Remake or Line Greaser 1 and 2 because I had both of those on my Amazon list. Cool. So That works. Okay, I think that's it. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, right here at twist.tv slash Gamer. Until then, bye-bye. thanks for hanging out with us, and bye-bye. Oh, and join bye-bye. our Discord. Bye-bye. We do hang Join our Discord, discord.gg slash something. There's a link on the site. rpgamer.com slash Discord. There you go. Bye.